This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Earlier today, a man went to an FBI office in Cincinnati with a rifle and a nail gun, and he tried to, I guess he tried to breach the building he opened fire. They're saying in the direction of FBI agents. So it's hard to know uh, exactly how it all went down. But we know that after an alarm was set off, he fled, ended up in a cornfield where he was opening fire on police. The breaking news now is this man is dead. Mm. He was shot and killed after about a five hour standoff. Now it's being reported. This man, this man's name is being reported. Um, I'm not here to shout his name out, but we'll get into the story because apparently he was on Truth Social. And he made a bunch of posts talking about why he did what he did. And if this is the correct person who's posting on Truth Social, it was about the FBI raid on Donald Trump. So we got to talk about that. And then, of course, we have Merrick Garland has come out and stated that he signed off on the raid of Donald Trump's home. My opinion, revenge. Of course, he's pissed off. Conflict of interest. And this is the this is the dangerous. Um, this is one of the dangerous the problems you have with weaponized and politicized uh, law enforcement. So we're going to talk about that. There's, there's a lot of other stories to go through. I, I'm, I'm proud to state as much as I have my um, qualms with uh, NewsGuard, they have rated MSNBC as fake news. Finally, mm. share that one with your family when they're obsessed with it. They tell you you're wrong. MSNBC is true. Rachel Maddow, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, NewsGuard says fake news. And don't forget, head over to TimCast.com to support our work directly and check out our after hours uncensored show Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. We've had some pretty crazy conversations this past week. Larry Elder was particularly interesting. Naomi Wolf was very interesting last night. She mentioned that the government actually was targeting her to get her censored on social media platforms. So really crazy stuff. Plus, as a member, you get access to all of our shows. And soon, and because of all the members, we will have two documentaries launching. Really great ones. One's about gun control. What about the Federal Reserve? We're also working on a transhumanism documentary, but that's going to be coming in the next phase. So it is because you are members, we are able to produce these documentaries, and then we're going to release them, and members will be able to watch them. So I'm really excited for that. I think our timeline is, the rough is two and a half months from today. Maybe it'll end up being a little bit longer, but I'm really excited for this gun control documentary. So don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us today to talk about all of these issues is Bethany Mendel. Hey, thanks for having me. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. So I am uh, the editor of a children's book series called Heroes of Liberty. And I am a columnist at Deseret News and a mom of five and a half mm-hmm. Five and a half people? Yeah. What's a half person? Percolating a new person. Yes. Ah, making new people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. glad to hear it. You're watching it happen in <laughs> real time. On this show, actually. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. We also have Hannah Claire Brimelow. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimelow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. Oh, what is that site? Uh, it's this super cool kind of independent news site. We do... Uh, news on all kinds of things, all kinds of issues. I post five times a day, and I think this is the longest my intro has ever been. Oh, very nice. <laughs> news guard certified. It's, it is, but not good enough. Yeah, here there's so much 82 issues. out of 100. I'm not Insulting. Not it is. No, yes. but it is. They, they posted a bunch of fake news about us, had to correct it, refused yeah. to, to issue proper corrections, violating their own policies. And I take it very seriously. 
If they're going to claim USA Today, which which admitted to fabricating 23 sources in their stories, is more responsible than we are when we've had one article out of 4,000 that required a correction, that that they noticed. We've, we've, we issue corrections all the time when we make right, mistakes. Right. But they're like, we noticed one article, so you're irresponsible. Get out of here. Anyway, Ian's here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I decided to refresh last night. I took like an hour-long bath. I was telling you guys about it before the show. And instead of coffee today, I'm drinking coconut water. I had a little bit of aloe vera, uh, just the inner fillet. It's it's incredibly healing. They called it the flower. I think the plant of life. The Egyptians used to call it that. Highly recommend. Get it on. Catch you later. Let's do this. Yes, let's do it. I'm loving how many ladies we have here tonight. You may notice I'm zoomed in a little bit more than usual. It's because Hannah Claire is lovely and tall, just like me. I kept getting the top of her head in my shots. So I had to crop it out. I'm sorry, Hannah Claire. Such a middle child. I, I need know. all the attention. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's all good. I'm really excited for tonight. I love my ladies. Let's get going. All right. Here's the first story from the Daily Mail. Oh Armed man who attacked FBI's Ohio field office is dead after five-hour standoff. Suspect also attended deadly Capitol riot. Now, we don't know exactly to what extent he was at the Capitol riot. I, I think that maybe the Daily Mail is reporting something different. I've read a bunch of other sources. The New York Times says that he was there the night before, but he's not been charged with any crimes. But let's uh, let's read and see what they say. Ricky Walter Schiffer was shot dead by police Thursday after he raised a gun towards officers around 3 p.m. State Highway Patrol confirmed Schiffer had attempted to break into the office prompting a five-hour standoff with authorities. The body armor-wearing suspect fled the office and was chased onto onto the highway, man, copy editor, guys, before abandoning (laughs) his car by a cornfield on a country road just off of Interstate 71. The confrontation came as officials warned of an increase in threats against federal agents in the days following the search, a search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. Investigators say Schiffer was also at the U.S. Capitol during the January 6th insurrection, they report. All right. Well, they reported this stuff. I'm going to pull up some tweets that we have. Travis View says the New York Times identified the Ohio shooting suspect as Ricky Schiffer. There is a truth social account using that name. On the same day, the FBI executed a warrant on Mar-a-Lago. The account made a call to be ready for combat. And I'm not going to read what he said next, but he Mm -hmm. called for extreme violence. In the end, one of the last things he said was that... um, yeah, I can't, I don't want to, I don't think we should read exactly what he said, but he explained that he thought he had a way to get through bulletproof glass. He was wrong. He did not. But this could explain why it was reported that he fired a nail gun at the, at, at the FBI. Now, I read on NBC, he fired at the agents, but perhaps they said towards them instead of at was because there was bulletproof glass he was not able to penetrate. But apparently this Ricky Schiffer guy on Truth Social was saying that he did it. And if you don't hear for him, it's because they got him or something to that effect. So, um, I guess my view on things, obviously, George Conway, all right, I'm going to make sure I cite George Conway on this one. <laughs> he said they crossed the Rubicon. This is anti-Trumper George Conway. They crossed the Rubicon, which is an insinuation that a faction of people have crossed the point of no return towards what? A civil war? Yeah, is but the- Oh, uh, there's no thing. There's no, just some random dude that went crazy, in my opinion. No, 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 no. He's, he's talking about the Democrats and the FBI. Right. Specifically. So, uh, Ian, you, you've, you've, you've talked quite a bit about, you know, ancient Rome and stuff like that. The, um, crossing of the Rubicon. Yeah, was it was, it was forbidden in Rome. There's a river right outside the city. And if, if I get any of this wrong, just correct me in the chat and I'd be happy to go over it again. But that it was illegal to ever bring troops across the river into the city of Rome. That was something they'd all decided. It was too dangerous. So when Caesar was off on campaign, he had, you know, 
however many hundreds, thousands of troops that just basically worshipped him. And when he decided he came back to Rome, he's like, they were going to try and put him on trial to strip him of his power. And he was like, you know what? No, I want Rome. He crossed the Rubicon with his troops, took the city, and they called it forever known as the crossing of the Rubicon. Is when you've taken that step, the one step too far. And that was the... That was the start of the Civil War. That was basically the end of the Roman Republic and the beginning of the Empire. So there was this uh, leftist outlet that they were like, the far right is saying this, that, or otherwise, or something like that. And uh, they said, Tim Poole said they crossed the Rubicon. And I'm like, yeah. And so did George Conway. Like, this is not a call to anything. It's a statement of, it's an observation. I think they did. Yeah. And uh, first and foremost, obviously, uh, let me just say one thing. This dude who went to the FBI field office must have really wanted Democrats to win because, the, I mean, we're, we're months out from the midterm election and surprisingly, he did exactly what the Democrats needed. He got violent, failed, and now the Democrats have their example of what's wrong with the right. That's why the craziest thing to me is like now is the absolute worst time for anything like that. And this is why I say violence doesn't work. We are We are months away from Republicans taking the House and the Senate in what the misery index predicts will be a crushing defeat. Except now, in the past few months, Democrats have evened out in the polling. Something like this happens. I think yeah. we're going to see Democrats spiking in the polls because of this. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, this is this is the continuance of the January 6th hysteria. This is how they continue that, that line of conversation. But I, I think that we need to be a little bit careful and, you know, knowing that this was the guy because... I was I was trying to Google which mass shooting was it where it was the brother that was identified, and it went went on for hours. And this guy, like he was getting calls. Do you remember? Was it Newtown? Mm-hmm. I there don't was, remember. I don't remember which shooting it was, but there was a there was a mass shooting where the brother was falsely identified. Um, and so I would just you know caution the expertise of whoever this guy is with QAnon. Right. <laughs> like maybe it's not him, and maybe this guy. Well, the New York Times said. This oh, well, name. that's that's the right. Yeah, that's the beacon of truth and reality. I mean, sure. But I, I guess the, the best thing we can do is I mean, I always just wait 24 hours. <laughs> right. True. Fair point. Fair point. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And even if, even if it turns out that this is the guy, I I don't think blaming a political party or a movement or any of that makes any sense because this guy just went off the rails. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same as the baseball shooter. What's that? The the congressional baseball shooter. That was never blamed on Democrats. Um, yeah. It's a guy who, uh, I think he was like even maybe a Bernie Sanders supporter. He was. He was a Bernie Sanders volunteer. Scalise and mm-hmm. like he opened fire at the the congressional baseball practice and almost killed Steve Scalise. I mean, very few people know about it because it was a story for like point three days. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, January sixth, we've been talking about mm-hmm. forever. But I mean, that was never that violence. That was never crossing the Rubicon. That was never blamed on Democrats. It was just like, well, it was just some crazy guy. Like but maybe this is just some crazy this, guy. This crazy guy right now, I don't think is crossing the is is a crossing of the Rubicon. No, I, I think, think so. the weaponization of the DOJ and Merrick Garland being like, yeah, I signed off on yes. this. 
is a, is a crossing of the Rubicon. Yes, and going into Melania's closet. Yeah, I mean, look, we've talked about this when Trump was saying he would lock up Hillary. Everybody was like, that would be a dangerous time in this mm-hmm. country. And then what did Trump do? He said, we're not going to go after Hillary. We're not going to yeah. do it. And everybody was disappointed. But Trump was like, no, no, you know, we're not going to do it. And they didn't. Yeah. Trump was standing at that river line. And he was like, no, no, that's too much. It's too mm-hmm. much. It's been and Yep. Meanwhile, Hillary has her hats and her, her, but her emails hats. She's campaigning already or at least fundraising. Go ahead. Dude, I think I watched Merrick Garland. He did a speech today, the official like explanation. They said they're going to unseal the warrant to explain why they uh, invaded. Is that the right word? Trump's house? I don't know if what the word is here. Raided. Raided. They said, but but don't call it a raid. It was a raid. Yeah. I mean, they went in there, you know, unannounced. Um, or maybe they announced themselves right before they went in. Well, they did. They went to the lawyer. They said, get out. We're going to go do our thing. Apparently, they kept the uh, the cameras rolling. So Rubicon, I don't know. Jury's still out. I want to see what the warrant said. Maybe There is always the possibility that Trump was doing something extremely nefarious. And a warrant wouldn't prove that. Okay. But it would not. You know, a I, warrant is their accusation yeah. of prob- uh, Or maybe of, they, have, they wiretapped him and then they heard him say, you know, no one, we don't know. I mean, it's yet. hard not to view this as a complete fishing expedition, right? They, yeah. I mean, why would you oh, write? I'm, oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's hard not to view this as anything other than fake and weaponization. Why? Because of Russiagate, because of Ukraine gate, because we know they had fabricated evidence and manipulated evidence already. So, you know, forgive me. Hillary Clinton's email server, we looked at. They, they said, well, there's no criminal intent. Fine. Then they smear and lie about Trump. They should have stopped the investigation into Russiagate a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what happened? A lawyer cha- like fabricated a, a letter or something? It's been a while since I covered this story. But I, anyway, sorry, I digress. Oh, I, all I was going to say is that to me, this warrant, you know, we've heard the story that there was a, a, a room that had a padlock on it that had the documents that they're requesting. When you write a warrant, you have to be specific about what you're asking for. So theoretically, Garland signed off an warrant that said we want complete and unfettered access and we want the right to not announce because we think that they'll hide stuff. That, to me, indicates that it's a it's a grab. They want to see as, get as much stuff as possible and then maybe justify it later when they're like, oh, but look what we found when right. we showed up there. Yeah, well, In Melania's closet, there were all these secret <laughs> things that we and knew about. So uh, to understand, what is it called? The fruit of the poison tree? Is that what it's called? Yeah. There's uh, the exclusionary it. rule. Yeah. And this states that um, if your rights are violated and evidence is found, that evidence is inadmissible in court. So there was one story I, I remember reading about back in Illinois of a guy who had, they, they thought he was a murderer. And so a cop ran his plates, pulled him over, and then while he, he, he said, get out of the car, illegally searches the car, finds evidence. Send in the evidence, turns out the stop was illegal, the lawyers get it thrown out. Exclusionary rule. You cannot use evidence seized in violation of someone's rights. With this, you get a warrant for something like classified documents. Then once you're inside, if you have a warrant and you enter a home looking for, say, classified documents and you find pills and a gun, that's now admissible. So anything they found in the house, perhaps this was a fishing expedition and or Trump suggesting they're planting evidence. That's a bold claim. Yeah, that's the first thing that crossed my mind when I heard about this story. What if they plant, like, how can you confirm or deny if they did that? I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I was going to say, I think of all, there's like been over a hundred subpoenas that have been issued through the January 6th uh, subcommittee. When you subpoena people's documents and records, you can ask broadly for tons and tons of stuff. They aren't being specific in what they want. And that to me shows that they 
are kind of grasping at sh- at straws. Like yeah. they are wanting you to turn over stuff so that they can figure out later what you did wrong. That's creepy. Yeah. Can, is so, this the so, kind of thing where they can create, like fabricate a warrant after the fact and make it look like they had it back in the day? No, we, we, we know this guy, this, this Epstein linked judge signed off on it. And so a lot of people are, are asking questions about this, but a lot of people are bringing up now that they think this is a false flag right before the midterms for an October surprise or for this to be weaponized to help Democrats. Look, I got to say, I don't, I show me the evidence. I mean, I, I certainly understand the possibilities, but show me the evidence. Considering what happened with Ray Epps, I'm more inclined to believe there's malfeasance going on at the highest level. Mm. This is a guy who went out on January, on the, on the, on January 5th and 6th telling people to go in and they're just like, oh, this poor man is a victim. That's what the New York Times is writing about. That's what they're claiming. Adam Kinzinger is defending the guy. And I'm like, something doesn't make sense. We know this guy. He's on camera saying it and they let him go. So with this, look, the simple, the, the simple answer. People are shocked and angered by the FBI raiding the former president's house. And out of the, the 74 million Trump voters, one guy went nuts. Yeah. Or one guy was nuts and then went off. Right, right. That's it. I don't know. Unless you guys think I'm wrong and the, the feds planned everything, but I just don't, I don't, I don't know. No, I think it's legit. I think this guy legitimately just like freaked out or was already freaked out. I'm, I, I'm thinking about like, like obviously you don't attack people. That's not the way we live in a civilized society. We have our second amendment because if we're attacked by our own government or by outside countries that we can defend ourselves. And like, I, I think about like Nazi Germany, like, I used to be like, why didn't they fight back? Why didn't they like stop Hitler and stop the Nazis? And it, like, you kind of don't can't because it's illegal to fight the law. Yeah, it's also people are cowards. I mean, the last two years have really shown me a lot of facets of human nature that I was just maybe in denial about. But people are sheep, and they are like they just kneel at the face of power, and all common sense goes out the window. And I, I mean, I can. There's a lot well, of things in history that we're, make sense. We're only a couple months away from a very, very serious election. You've got people saying, you know, let Trump's second term begin January 3rd or whatever, 2023, or whenever they do the, the uh, swearing-in yeah, of these uh, members of Congress and the Senate, and uh, or members of Congress. And so now is the most crucial time. Just the other day, this is funny, we had Naomi Wolf and she said, it's going to get crazy these next few months right before the midterms. And we're like, oh, yeah, baby, if you thought it was crazy before, wait till you see what's going to happen next. Sure enough, the next day, some guy goes up to the FBI field office with a nail gun and, and, and a rifle and he tries breaking in. I mean, this is crazy stuff. Yeah. But but I, I don't know, man, the, the false flag narrative stuff, the reason I don't like it. As much as we've talked about Gulf of Tonkin numerous times, I understand the possibilities. I know all about Operation Northwoods and this mm. crazy stuff that they've done in the past. It's like you, you you need evidence. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. I'd love to believe we've exposed some nefarious plot. Great. Well, let's expose it. But in order to do so, you can't start with the premise that's extraordinary. You have to start with the what happened. A claim has been made. It's been reported in the press that a guy did these things. It's appeared on social media. This guy said these things. Now we need to start from there and then see where we go, not decide where we want to be, and then try and build our way up to it, by, you know, by pointing out other things throughout history. All right. Yeah, I mean, I I am curious to see sort of how it plays out, but I imagine that they're going to try to paint him. I, there was a, another sort of recent incident where, you know, it came out like, oh, this this guy follows Ben Shapiro and he was radicalized by Ben Shapiro. Like, yeah, yeah, the, the nerdy Orthodox Jew from L.A., that was definitely who radicalized that shooter. <laughs> um, but I mean, 
they're gonna they're gonna ride this into the sunset just like they have january 6th but i think they blame radicalization on the introduction of any information that they don't agree with right so it's not that ben shapiro himself is like waving some crazy symbols and acting erratic it's that he opens the door to a line of thought and a line of questioning that ultimately they would argue is always corrupt and always violent which i don't think is ultimately something is happening in this country with the rise of parallel economy alternate payment processor system censorship resistance resistant we use them rumble what you've got growing in florida with not just the technology infrastructure, but with, you know, Ron DeSantis, yeah. his, his worldview, what, what Florida's been doing in general in terms of gov- uh, uh, governing. Something is, 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 is amassing in this country that's starting to stop the insanity, stop the cult. Now, I'm not saying it's a guaranteed, you know, it's gonna, it, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna, wokeness is gonna be crushed or anything like that. But we're seeing a steady path, a light at, at, at the end of the tunnel where we are going to be reaching a good place for something like this to happen completely undermines the opportunity for success. So it does make you wonder why would anyone on the right staring down the barrel of a midterm election be like, I know here's what's going to help. No, absolutely not. This is the opposite of doing Mm -hmm. anything good for anyone. Yeah. I mean, he's probably just a nut job, honestly. Yeah. And then what do you do? What do you do when you have all these nut jobs? What are you supposed to do? Should they have like been tracking his social media or something? No, I'm, no. Well, no. and also who's to say they weren't? Like, right. they, yeah. we, and then let we it happen. We don't know anything I mean, about this guy yet. Every time there's a mass shooter, it, there's never the like, oh, I had no idea he was sitting there. Oh, Everyone's like, yeah, no, he was a he was a nut job, and we were kind of waiting on this. It's never a secret. It's never a surprise. Yeah, a lot of times they're high school classmates are like, yeah, that was the guy that beat puppies. Or yeah. like, yeah. yeah, and I think what happens now is that. The the powers that be that want him to be representational of every MAGA supporter out there are going to work really hard to say, like, he is just like that guy down the street from you who has a Trump uh, 2024 sign. You know, they're going to work really hard to make this. He is one of them when in reality, just like we know the left has had. I mean, wasn't the guy who opened fire at that country music concert in Las Vegas? Didn't they? I don't know how. We don't know conclusive. anything about that. We don't know anything about him because he disappeared. But mm-hmm. there was a point where people were saying like, hey, I think he is a registered Democrat. And then suddenly he disappeared. I don't know if that's true. There's nothing I can do to fact check it. But my point is just that ultimately we know that there are people who, whether it be for mental reasons or whatever else, pick extremist behavior. But that's not actually, number one, helpful to the political party that they're going to link him to. And it's not actually representational to most voters on either side. Yeah, think, guilt by association isn't real. Uh, think think about Fast and Furious. No, I will not. Yeah, not the movies. The operation the by Obama yeah, okay. where he gave <laughs> guns to the cartels. I don't want to think about that either. What would they have been willing to do to cover up something like that? Mm. Yeah. The, quest, the, the question is, don't look at Fast and the Furious and say, wow, look what they did. Look at what they did and think, what could they be doing now what that we don't know about? Yeah, so I... I have to be like a little bit careful because this is like, but there's, I, I know someone who was involved in that as a, as a gun runner. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, that was, some, there was a setup. There was some messed up stuff that happened on the part of the feds and, uh, they in, did try in, to cover it up in Vegas or what? Uh, it, it, he was in, in the Southeast part of the, or Southwest Fast part of the furious. country. Yeah. yeah. Fast yeah. and the Furious. Yeah. 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 Right, right, right. And right. he was arrested as a gun runner in that. And I know oh, him man. very well. And 
it was he was set up and then they tried to put him in prison for a very long time wow. and he spent a lot of money for his freedom with for Finding a very him. very very good lawyer who was like I'm going to bring this to trial because he has nothing to lose. And y'all might not want this all to be out there. Yeah. And his lawyer got him an amazing deal. And he got out like a year later because the lawyer basically put him, put the feds on the spot and were like, he was 17 and an orphan. Like, do you, do you want to go into like how you entrapped him? And then how you like the whole thing. And yeah, yep. that was that was for me someone who was like very back the blue. Like I didn't see, I I never really knew that side of the FBI before. To hear his story, someone who I trusted implicitly, and see how it all went down up close was like, oh, they bad. Yeah, <laughs> those are not good people. Yep, <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. Compared. Well, but I don't know. I, I'm only bringing this up because I'm not, I'm not trying to insinuate anything about this particular instant, uh, instance, but there, there probably are tons of stories. Like, I, I mentioned this because of the Vegas thing. People have questions. Nobody knows who this guy was mm-hmm. or what happened. It all just vanishes one day. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, shouldn't we have, like, learned way more information about this, like with every other incident? Or maybe what was happening was there's something going on behind the scenes that went south. Yeah. And they na- they're not going to tell you. You know, the funny thing is, I really don't want to get into the issue of 9-11 because it's just people can lose it. But I always tell people, like, do you believe the official story? You think the government just came out and told you exactly how our security was undermined? I mean, that's absurd. There's confidential and top secret information. So, of course, the official story is omitting information, lacking information, and probably obfuscating information. So it's crazy to me when, for one, there's obviously a lot of the conspiracy theorists who believe, I think they take leaps of faith to believe things they want to believe. But then also the people who come out and say, like, I will blindly believe whatever the government says. And then I'm like, dude, even that would require you to say the government was not honest about what happened. Because if you like, I'll just say it again. The United States government did not come out on 9-11 and say, "Uh, here's a a roadmap to how our security was undermined. And please, you know, we want. can you read that? No, they were like, "Okay, we better not let people know that happened right there because that's how they got us. So they're not going to release all the information. But. You know, that being said, it's hard to know when secrets are kept from the American people and then we're supposed to make decisions on who we vote for without complete information. Mm-hmm. And then you have the media organizations that inten- uh, intentionally obfuscate and manipulate. Dark days indeed. I'll put it yeah, that way. Man. It seems like um, there's a defense of the liberal economic order right now by American military and sub-military like FBI and CIA that they don't want it to get broken up they want to make sure that we the united states we have like a police not a police state but like control of the earth like we have military bases all over so there's no world war three breaks out i understand that they don't want world war three to break out but like i don't think that the 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 real threat is internal it doesn't seem like that i think most people want stability in the united states like the ccp may be a bigger threat probably I don't know, man. I, I don't know if it matters what we think or feel about who the bigger threat is. I think it's obvious China is a serious threat. I mean, honestly, Russia is a threat. They just, I think they overhype Russia when China is a much bigger threat. Yeah. But the fact is, we've got two distinct cultures in this country and they're, and, and they're headed for some, you know, for chaos. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe a lot of people want stability, but what they view as stable is not the same thing. There's such a division in how people, uh, ascribe their values and what they would describe as their ideal stable life right there are people who are incompatible in a lot of ways in this country obviously i don't think that's a call for like extremist violence or anything like that but like 
you have to recognize that stability is almost impossible when you have people who need your life to be different and you see that as unstable. Yeah, just like real, 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 real quick, because I do want to bring up this next story, just as a, an aside, which we'll get into later on, maybe for the members only. A video is going viral from the Boston Children's Hospital talking about mm-hmm. giving hysterectomies to, to children. children. Oh, it's yep. freakish. To I, children. So so we'll get into all that, but I, I want you brought back the blue. So I have this tweet here from Brianna Joy Gray. Oh, boy. She said, Marjorie Taylor Greene is right about the FBI. Bad faith or not. In today's radar, I argue that the left should take advantage of the right's new acknowledgement of systemic bias and push to abolish the FBI, an institution that is always protected, has always protected elite power, not the people. My response to this was fire emojis. I know. I completely was, agree. I, 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 I was thinking, too, I was like, I'm actually, that appeals to me. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think that uh, sort of, I'm, I disagree a little bit about the fact that both sides want stability. I, I don't think that the other side wants stability. I think they want to remake the world. But this is not that. This is this is a, a, an appreciation and understanding that the FBI, at least, is... Maybe, m- maybe Brianna Joy Gray and the left perspective on this is we need to tear down the system to rebuild a new one. Don't know, don't care. If, right. we have, if, we, if we look at the FBI and we're like, hey, there's corruption going on there. We should defund that and, and, and dismantle it. And they say... Yeah, we also want to. I'd be like, well, if we agree on that, we're fine moving forward. We'll figure just, out afterwards. Well, then what? Here's the problem. Then what comes next? Yeah, right. Like a new organization that's even less accountable. <laughs> yeah. That we don't even know about. I would, no. I and that tracks that. our you every cannot, movement. You, you, you can't say we should not do away with corrupt institutions because of fear of more right. corrupt institutions. I, like we're, we're actually taking action to get yeah, rid of the corrupt institutions. Yeah, but you can't like take a wheel off the car mid Mid drive. Yeah, you have to. Know is that what the FBI is? It's one of the. Wheels Are they that on the important for the United States? Have they been investigating Antifa? Mm-hmm. Have they been? Have, have they been holding people accountable? Have they been going after Hunter Biden? Nope. And I mean, no, no. Well, we may see something with Hunter Biden, but it's been a really long time, and only because of public scrutiny. Right. So I'm not convinced that. First, I'll say I don't think the entirety of the FBI is corrupt. I think there's different people in different field offices. I've actually talked with people. Who uh, you know? There's like lower level people who who there's have, good eggs. They have similar sure. pol- politics to you. The culture war is in every facet of the government as well. But I just don't know if the FBI does enough. Well, no one to warrant any of this. I mean, it's a secret no, of no, operation. No, no, no. That's it's, part it's, of the problem and not the that, strength of it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying no one knows. I'm saying we have repeatedly asked questions for years. Why have they not done this, that, or otherwise? Yet they have time to send a dozen agents to a garage over a pull rope. Mm-hmm. That is shockingly, shockingly insane. You're talking about the Jesse Smollett case? No, I'm talking about the... Bu- uh, Bubba, the, the Bubba Watson? Was yeah. that his name? I don't know. Mm-hmm. The, the NASCAR, NASCAR driver, NASCAR driver said something. there was a noose in his garage. And so they sent a dozen agents. And what did they find? It was a garage pull rope. It was the door pull rope. <laughs> Bubba it's ins- Wallace. Bubba Wallace. Yeah. It's insane. And then they go and, and, and Merrick Garland signs off on raiding the former president's home. And we're sitting here being like, let's contemplate whether they're an organization worth funding. No, 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 no. There's no question. Yeah. The left has long talked about all of the malfeasance. They talk about Martin Luther King and Malcolm X as really big examples. And I'm like, sure, fine, whatever. Yeah. Defund them. Dismantle them. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or maybe, maybe we can start by reducing through a moderate defunding and reduction of the FBI force. Yeah. I mean, I think the FBI, there's two problems. One of them is there. It's the problem of every government institution. It's just bureaucratic bloat and stupid people get promoted and your expertise and your it's not a meritocracy is basically what I'm saying. I think that's a number one problem. Mm -hmm. But I think that in the last five years, one of the things that has become extremely apparent is that the people who are in charge, like the grownups in charge, I always thought that there was grownups in charge. And then like, call me. (laughs) He started talking and you're like, oh my God, you had a lot of power and you are a total nut job. Uh, But it's all of these people who were in the top rungs of power who are nut jobs. George Conway is another one. Peter Cole, freaking nut nut job. I was uh, concerned with Adam Kinzinger. I don't know him personally, but I've been seeing his tweets and I think he's isolated. There seems to be like um, a bubble that some of these people are existing Mm -hmm. in right now that they think it's really what life is about is about red and blue Democrat Republican thing. But that's like an infinitesimally small part of reality. This human thing is not that big a part of reality. We need to really kind of get outside of our own butthole, if you know what I'm talking about. And look out, bubble up, look outside. But that's what I said, bubble. That's what I said, butthole. Yeah, uh, we need to we need to deinvestigate ourselves for a moment and look around at the universe because things are flying around at 100 million miles per hour and can slam into Earth at any moment. And we got to be prepared for that kind of thing. And and that is an important mentality for people to realize. Like you can find purpose outside of all of this. Most of these Democrats, this is their life, their religion, their purpose. They have yeah. nothing else. Maybe if they got interested in the stars, they might be like, yo, I don't care about this. I want to look in a telescope. Instead, their whole world, I'll put it this way, politics has become pop culture. Yeah. That's that's the danger. True. Yeah. And and public health has become part of their identity too. I mean, COVID gave them a religion, like mm-hmm. Mazatham. I'm so happy that for you, you finally have found faith. And it's, you know, in the form of virus mitigation. Yep. Although the CDC relaxed guidelines. I don't know if that's come up yet. We talked about it before the show. It hasn't. I Officially, think that, was... Uh, that was according to NPR. They reported on that today. Maybe we can go into that later a little bit. I, I just can't help thinking with the FBI. There's so much clear and evident malice. You can look at Peter Strzok. I just cherish the way he smirked. It was insane. He looked ideologically These possessed. people, and, and Blasey Ford did the same thing. They do yes. this thing where they look in the camera and they look down and go, <laughs> what the? What is like, that? Are you, are you, are you imagining you're the wicked witch of the West They're or something? Or, you know, Halloween. A problem yeah. is the camera's above like what we got on the show. So it's looking down at them. So but, but, you see like their eyes looking the up. Like, but they, but bro, bro, hard bro, the problem. We, we don't look to the camera, <laughs> turn our heads yes. down, oh look up God. and then That's go, the yeah. for yourself, Tim. So creepy. We don't do that. Yeah. Well, we're not hiding stuff. I mean, why are they doing that? more than a normal person would hide some you know menial 
personal or private things Weird. on TV. But like, I think these people have to have secrets. That's their job is like secrecy. Half these people yeah. in the government, the CIA, secrecy organization. Oh, it's all secrets. Yeah. So and that's the remarkable thing. It's like anytime anyone from the government comes out and says words, like, why would you believe them? They have a whole <laughs> system of keeping information <laughs> a secret from you. Yeah. They're not going to tell you. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the people who go to the White House press conference, I'm just, do you really think any White House press secretary at any point ever is going to tell you the truth. I'm sorry if you believe that. I got a bridge to sell you. You think the first one did? Who no. was the first one? No. I'm, I'm gonna look I mean, no. the thing is, the government trades in strategically releasing information. So why would that be true in foreign policy and not true in our uh, domestic media? Like, why would we be like, oh, yes, American people, I'm taking myself, I'm going to be on uh, national TV and I'm going to tell you the truth. But don't tell anyone else because that'll reveal our big plan. Like, we can't reasonably expect our government to be honest with us and also be openly telling everyone, all of our adversaries, like, what's truly going on with us. Like, that right. seems like a terrible plan. Yeah. I mean, I, I I judge all of the press secretaries by their ability to lie. Yes. And yeah. That's their job. <laughs> and to spin. 100%. And some of them are good and some of them are not good. And Have you had a favorite? Oh, gosh. So Sarah Huckabee Sanders was fantastic. Nothing. The, pro, the the key is, and I think it's the bunch of kids. Mm. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. She was unflap. Yeah, she yeah. was unflappable. Yeah. She was like, "Come at me." Yeah, someone peed at me on my foot today. Kaylee McEnany <laughs> was fantastic. With she the was book. so good. Being yeah. like, "Here's the story right yeah, here." Ah, yes, you're wrong. Yep. That was fantastic. Yeah, but uh, Jen Psaki wasn't bad. She was like, she wasn't. Yeah, yeah she wasn't. you know, people. You might not like her. But her ability to spin and spin quickly and create sound bites, mm-hmm. she knew how to do it. Yeah. This this current lady, Ooh, terrible. Yeah, she's oh terrible. man, she's and you know bad. why she's terrible? Because they did a checklist. They're like, well, she checks the yeah. LBGTQ and she checks the woman and she checks, but they didn't actually like have a, a check mark for charisma, merit, yeah. or <laughs> temper, for talent, yeah. or anything. Yeah, she's just completely inept. I feel bad. I know. I mean, she's I in over her head, and yeah. she was she was chosen because of she hit all of those little boxes. And she has been, from what I know about her career, I mean, she's been fairly insulated. She's been with the Democratic movement for right. so long. Right. She, it, I think, people who are farther on the outside of the the shell have to learn how to spar mm-hmm. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I think, to her credit, that's where yeah. Jen Saki's background came from. Yeah. Whereas with uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, like, no, she yeah. has she has been with the movement. She knows the sound bites, and when challenged, she really struggles. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that was that's actually a skill of like Pete Buttigieg because he like was in Middle America and had to actually talk to people with whom he disagreed. Mm-hmm. It makes me sharper. I mean, it that's does. how that's yeah. how I felt. I, I went to Rutgers University with like every lib on on planet Earth except James O'Keefe. <laughs> you know, you know what what really works though is believing what you're saying. Yes, that helps. Because and then, knowing what you're saying. Because then right? you don't need a book. I mean, it's nice yep. to have notes, but you don't need to look at them if you know, if you just glance down and then yeah. talk about what you know, you know. I mean, Jean-Pierre, with the formula stuff, she genuinely had no answer. She didn't know that there was a formula crisis. Right. She didn't know the plan. Like, she did not, there was no, there was nothing not to believe. She just didn't know it. For the record, Andrew Johnson was the first president to grant a formal interview to a reporter. Wow. Hmm. That was 1869-ish. Yeah, so before that, I guess they didn't even they didn't even talk to the media for the first 60, 70 years. It's kind of crazy if you think about it. I mean, like you have no idea what they're doing. I mean, when was the last time Biden 
spoke to anyone. He he rarely yeah, talks to He yells, come on, man, quite a bit, yeah. you know, with a well, helicopter. Uh, like, and I would argue, too, the first 50, 60 years, media was really different than what it is Yeah, today. radio and TV have changed a lot. Yeah. I mean, you have to get a journalist to a president to then put a paper out that would then, like, by the time it reached anyone, be, like, three weeks old. And, I mean, in, radio and TV is the reason why Hitler was able to mass the population so fast. And, and it's super dangerous tech. I understand why there's censorship and why the CIA is involved with, you know, the PRISM thing and they want to oversee and make sure but like we should talk more about the power of tv and video i think maybe not today but i think in life tv was more powerful than social media with Mm. tv you had five channels starting with three channels and five so all of the messaging was distilled through the trusted names and news or whatever Mm -hmm. then the internet happened and you can reach people faster but now you've got too many channels yeah and they're all just all these poles busted on the dam and yeah. trying to plug them. Like, oh, we have conventional fingers. We don't know how to plug all these at once. Let's I think make an algorithm. Like the TikTok algorithm, people can get, you know, the more they use it, the more right. it knows them. And so it feeds them to like Edgar Allan Poe TikTok. Like that person is not getting the same content that right. like you would get or you yeah. would get. It's, That's true it's for all the thing. platforms. True. Yeah. yeah. But TikTok is especially talented at it. There was the, the Wall Street Journal story about like young teenagers 13 14 years old and they lingered on one pornographic video and then they were just inundated with more and more pornographic content yeah that sounds like they're not better at it no they're very good at it because they got the kids hooked on the app Mm. and it was because they just if you lingered 0.3 seconds longer every second on tiktok the is more valuable to them, partially because the media is so short, which right. keeps you scrolling faster. Whereas like YouTube, you may have to watch, you know, you watch one video, it might feed you another. You watch 10 videos, it'll feed you a, right, a lot Right, but I mean, our, these videos are over an hour. Like you really have to invest some time, but you yep. can have like total ADD on TikTok. On YouTube, I've noticed if I go to a video and I and I watch it for like, Half of half the length of the video or more that it starts to hit me with more videos of that. So like if I go to one, I'm like, no, 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 I don't want, no, 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 I don't want this in my life. I, you just X out really fast. So then the algorithm yes, knows yes. you don't want it. I try to trick the Instagram algorithm because it started, um, I had a like family friend who like she had like this tragic thing with a dying kid or whatever. And then the Instagram algorithm decided I only wanted to see stories about dying children. Yeah, it does that to me too. On and I was like, I'm going to click on every single thing about Meghan Markle. Let's yes. like, Ugh. let's trick the algorithm. That's that feels worse. Yeah. Yikes. How is it? No, I mean, it's <laughs> better than dying children. Yeah, and I hate there. Meghan Markle. So yeah. I'm all in. I'm saturated with cats and it creates a, yes. um, a compounding effect where I watch more cat videos because they're giving me more to look at. And then I get even more. And now it's all cats when I go through Instagram my stories. Instagram decided I was like a young Mormon bride because I was really interested in national parks. So you click on a lot of like photography in Zion yeah. National yeah. Parks. And then it was like, but you know who takes pictures in Zion National Parks? Mormons. Mormons. And then it fed me a lot of Mormon <laughs> church stuff. And I really was like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. So I gave my brother my phone and he, uh, looks him. for other things and he sent me Mormonized it? Oh. Yeah. yeah. It still occasionally is like, but are you sure? So, I mean, and are you sure? Let's have, what's, are you questioning? I really want to see Zion National Park and I don't know I if I'm willing to commit to the Mormon church. Did you linger on the Mormon videos and then they were like, she's definitely on I think it was like, here are, photographers active in this area and then because utah LDS, is yeah. uh, an lds you yeah. know stronghold it's like well here are people who are hiring photographers and then it was like well here are the mommy bloggers and i was like oh look at those kids and then it kept going and eventually i was I like this is Go. creepy i don't like it at all i know i love it i that's that's my jam I mean, it's better than the dead kids <laughs> that's for sure the algorithm you love no, or well, no, the al- that algorithm, because I get that algorithm, too. I get all the, like, moms of... Well, it's funny, because I get all of the, like, big family 
people on Instagram because mm-hmm. I follow a couple of them and then it sort of compounds. And then they start getting crazier. Crazier and crazier. And it is hard not to be like, what are you doing? It's like your own customized version of reality TV. Yeah. Like no, it's 100%. like, I think I know what plot lines you're going to be into yeah, and I will serve yeah. you it's some. It's kind of the danger of hate watching too. Cause sometimes I'll watch stuff because mm-hmm. I find it so like well, revolting. I'll, I gotta know. I know. So this is the libs of TikTok. She says like, I'm, I'm friendly with her. She said like, I didn't even like, I just started watching them and then TikTok just feeds me more and more. I don't go looking for them. And now people send them to her because she has such a big account. But she like she built this entire platform on just posting what the algorithm showed her, which was craziness. Interesting. Yeah. I think I get a lot of Marvel stuff. Nice. Yeah. I get like like skateboarding, rollerblading, scooting, biking, all of that. I guess that's like the only thing I really watch. I guess and then a whole bunch of Marvel stuff. More cats, like yes. cats the new the new movies that are coming out. And then there's like a lot of music stuff, but it's usually just like a guy. I, they sent I don't I don't scoot, but they sent me a video of a guy doing a triple flare on a scooter, and I just couldn't stop watching it. It's it was like cool. the I didn't even thing know that I've was seen. a verb. Scoot, scoot, scoot. yeah, he's yeah scooting. scooting. A triple <laughs> flare for like it was like the you know what that is no, it's like so a flare is like a backflip 180. So a triple is like three backflips in a 180. It's just I'm just sitting there like, on the toilet. and I'm like, whoa, that is crazy. That's like just keep watching again, watch again. And, I, and I follow like the barracks and stuff like that. When I started doing pop culture crisis, I would occasionally look up like people who were involved in the stories on my phone. And so then for a while, it was sending me lots of like e news, and then it would send you like people who like do their own content about following various celebrities. And I have never been so informed in my life. You know what the worst thing about Instagram now is. They give you that when you're scrolling through your feed, you get accounts you don't follow. Mm-hmm. Yes. I am so I annoyed. That. I just like yeah. every time I see it, I'm like, get rid of it. Get rid of it. It's like I'm watching videos of a dude doing a 360 flip crook down a rail. And I'm like, whoa. I'm watching a video of a guy doing like a backside flip going 30 miles an hour. And I'm like, whoa. And then it shows me a woman jump roping. And I'm like, I, I don't I don't care about this. I don't remove. Why did you put that in my feed? Yeah. But I will say this for Instagram. The personal shopper is on crazy oh yeah good on point i actually i call it my personal shopper it's not even advertising i buy everything i do too they once advertised (laughs) me so my older son had food allergies when he was younger i once got a targeted ad for uh yarmulkes because we're orthodox jewish um kid yarmulkes for kids who are not really talking yet with allergy information listed on the Yamaha. Wow. I was like, That's you so smart. so many <laughs> data points there that were Orthodox Jews with a young son with food allergies who was too young to verbalize them yet. That it is- lined it up and it was like, we know Bro. what she'll buy. And I the singularity. It. I won't buy anything off the Instagram. Like, it serves oh, no, me stuff I, I like, but I just, oh, no. like, sometimes I feel like I can't help mm-hmm. it. Like, I, I don't really want to give it. I want to feed it because it's the my singularity, personal shopper. The singularity has occurred. Like, <laughs> the AI is in control. It's that amazing. excites me. That, no. I mean, the Instagram Why? one. Don't Only vote. the Instagram. You're a puppet, Ian. Because I think my mind is strong enough. I think that I'm able to tend information without believing it or disbelieving it enough that I could exist within the algorithm and function. Wrong. Peacefully. Excuse me. Wrong. <laughs> okay. I think oh, excuse right. me. Wrong. I mean, you see, here's what's happening. When you get fed information on social media, it is shaping your worldview and you don't have control over that. I have it, noticed, man, a lot of people I follow on Twitter are people that have been on the show and it's a lot of politics. It's, I do yep. not like it, man. And I like those people. I want right, to, right. I want to know what they're up to in life, but I can't stand reading about the left so and the right and the color red. Follow them on Insta instead. Yeah. yeah. I'm a completely different person on Insta. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I am delightful on Instagram totally and different. I'm awful on Twitter. <laughs> 
Interesting. Yeah. But no, Twitter, Twitter is, um, for most people, it's not algorithmic. It's reverse chronological. You can choose to do the algorithmic or otherwise. So for me, I follow news. I mean, Twitter is the news platform. There's like not much else on there. Celebrities don't really get traction. That like they're there. They have big following, but like I never see cares. those tweets. Yeah, they're on. They're on they go on Instagram yeah. for that stuff. Mm-hmm. But on Instagram, they're feeding you stuff in your feed and shaping your worldview. Just just outright. Facebook as well. Facebook is where it's substantially worse. Mm-hmm. So I don't really use Facebook, so I don't know. But Instagram, nothing is shaping my worldview because it's just pictures of like homeschool classrooms, yeah, which is great. great, and I love them, that's and great. I've taken a lot of information from. But them. you're, you know. I think for younger people, they're being inundated with very specific things. But is it like, do people get their news from Instagram? Yeah, I think they do. And I think for especially some young people, they'll follow like uh, meme accounts on Instagram that'll be not mm. political memes, yeah. like silly, mm. like uh, what it's like when you're AF. in your 20, right? And like, yeah. then those accounts start to promote, you know, maybe they really believe them, but maybe, you know, just part of the cultural narrative, they know certain things will get more likes. And so they start incorporating certain content that's more pro certain issues, yeah. especially I saw this a lot after um, Roby Wade was yeah. um, overturned and I had people jump on that bandwagon. Like there was no tomorrow people who are not particularly political and maybe this is an important issue to them and they just don't vocalize it. I grant that some people are like that. Um, but a lot of accounts picked up on the fact that it was correct to, you know, lifestyle co- kind of content. I think that that would have happened even without social media, though. I think that I you're... think social media reinforces it because people who don't seek out political information are served it anyways yeah. through this backdoor channel well, of like, look at these cute jeans I got. Also, my row pin. Also, so there was interesting sort of stuff that was leaked from marketing firms after Roe, I mean Dobbs, that a lot of brands were told, like, don't touch it that they they went all in on Black Lives Matter. And so I know people who are like pretty big influencers on Instagram and they got questions like, why didn't you post a black box? Like, Where was your black box during mm. Black Lives Matter? Mm. And it, I feel like the, the corporate pressure was not the same with Dobbs. I think because Dobbs is more complicated yeah. and they knew it from the beginning, Whereas with the black box thing, it was like a, you must submit. I mean, I remember the culture that's surrounded. In some ways, the leak of the Roe decision that came out like ahead of time, I think was trying to build the same tension that we had during the summer of rioting um, after George Floyd's death. Yeah. You know, yeah. it sets the circumstances very differently. Sorry. I want to jump to this next story. We got this from TimCast.com. Twitter announces plan to tackle misleading narratives ahead of midterms, vows Ooh. to throttle tweets deemed incorrect. Exciting. Like they did not do with uh, all the Democrats who were screaming that the election was stolen in 2016. They're now basically telling us they are going to decide what is true. The last election they did this, what did they do? They suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop information. They suppressed anything that was that was basically bad for Democrats. And now yep. they intend to do it again. So I, I don't I don't know if there's any point in reading and what they claim is going to be done. Their I don't civic know. This integrity project. This seems like a really project. good news site. I think you maybe should read it. <laughs> no, no, no. But the point is, like, why? Who cares about what well, yes. Twitter has to say about why they're going to be censoring and controlling the flow of information? I'd like to hear a little bit about it. What's the official statement here? Or at least the, the civic of it. Inte- integrity policy covers the most common types of harmful, misleading information about elections and civic events, such as claims about how to participate in civic process, like how to vote, misleading content intended to intimidate or dissuade people from participating in the election and misleading claims intended to undermine public confidence in an election, including false information about the outcome of the election, Twitter said in the announcement. Harmful. The thing about all that is you're allowed to do all that stuff. That's free speech. As long yeah. as you're not inciting violence. S- sort of. Not not entirely. I mean, you're allowed to tell people not to vote. 
Yes, but you're, I, I don't think you're allowed to defraud people by like telling them the wrong voting day. Oh. Right, things like that. Okay. So I follow a great account. Um, his name is po- Political Math. It's Polymath on Polymath, Twitter. yeah. Yeah, I love him. And so he tweeted, he retweeted the CDC's guidance about um, the kids' vaccine between six months and five years old, saying like, absolutely get you know, these young children vaccinated and Polymath retweeted it and said, fire these people. This is unspeakable stupidity on the part of the CDC. That agency should be burned to the ground, which is opinion. Yes. First of all, it's opinion. And second of all, it's a call to violence. Well, that's that's their interpretation. No, they call it misleading. Oh, okay. They don't call it a call to violence. But if you look at the numbers of people who have had their young children vaccinated for COVID between six months and five years of age, I wrote about this for Deseret like two weeks ago. The numbers are like 3% right now. Mm -hmm. So when I see a misleading tag on Polymath's opinion about the CDC's statement, it makes me be like, oh, there is something up there. Like, it backfires on them. It backfires. Right, right. Yeah, because I see that and... I think like why are they gatekeeping like that? But I, but I think a lot of this is just failed. It's it's what's the right word? What's what's the politically correct word of saying your brain doesn't work? The people at Twitter are really dumb and there are people at Twitter that are really evil and then you have the government trying to get Twitter to censor people which we've heard over and over and over again now. So what happens is they're like, "Hey, let's implement a policy." What happens? This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There was There have been several instances where people's tweets have been flagged, and the fact check is totally unrelated. And it's like this really weird thing, like, huh? There have been several instances where guidance has changed. And they've been like, hey, we're revising. The CDC is like, we're reviving our guidance. And then Twitter flags it as fake news. Here's what the CDC says. And then links to like an article from the year before. There was a famous incident on Facebook where the C- I think it was the CDC's own website was labeled fake news. <laughs> because these machines don't work. Yeah. They don't know context. They don't have up-to-date information. And so if someone's like, I got breaking news, the CDC says X, they'll delete you and say that was fake news and you're banned because our official fact checkers have not yet published the information. Yeah. So when they talk about getting involved in the election, at what point, I, I you know, you know, I, you know, I don't even say it. I was going to say at what point 
do we as a society do something about the interference and manipulation of our elections? The problem is there's no there's no mechanism for for solving this. And there's no uh, there's no that that's it. There's no political process for solving it. It's just there. Twitter is this corrupt, broken, evil machine. And I don't care if the intention put into it was good. What came out was evil. And there, and what do you do? Antitrust. The people who run this this platform are all out of their minds. Elon doesn't even want it anymore. And he said he hopes that he doesn't have to buy it. <laughs> there's no there's no saving these broken social media platforms. It's like you build a machine that runs wild and starts destroying you and you don't know what to, what, what, what to do to stop it. Well, you got to free the schematics so that people someone will figure out how to stop it. That's why I advocate for freeing the software code. You can at least make it better and more interoperable. I think that You're, people aren't going to be able to take Twitter's code and then change Twitter. They're going to be able to replicate it and make exactly. more, more problematic yeah. versions and, of the same garbage. Or, or better. And then the people at Twitter will be like, oh, we could do that. Let's change our better code. Better does not mean do better for society. I know. Better it's, could mean generates more revenue, which means worse because now it's more algorithmic manipulation, making people click and get, you it, know, brain It depends on who you ask. Better could mean more manipulation of the masses to get them to vote for who I want them to vote for. But I think better... Uh, you know, I kind of think, uh, what do you think? Allotropically, I think that's not the right word. But I, I think, like, you know, the betterment of the whole, of, uh, the community, like, I, no one, I don't want less constriction on who's controlling it, but I guess, I don't know, I'm not in the military. The military commander would tell you that's the, the you want to do the opposite with it, probably. That you want to control it. Military. That's the only reason you're not in the military. Yeah, I don't want to control people, <laughs> but I mean, that's the military's job. Uh, but I think with the Twitter, like, I think it's nice to believe that people would want to rally around common good and the betterment of other people. That's honorable and that's moral in a lot of ways. But why would Twitter, and I don't know a ton about freeing the code for sure, but like, why would freeing the code motivate people who are already... It wouldn't. Well, we'll ask a question. Okay. So Twitter has a history of wanting to manipulate people and control the worldview. Why would freeing the code suddenly change their mind? Why would they suddenly, if someone else made something that was similar, but more moral why would they be like that's a good idea we should do that too they they could have done that already but they, but, they but chose not the, to the issue is twitter is not driven by morality mm-hmm. moral platforms exist and they don't have traction what works is addiction machines yes. instagram knows this facebook knows this twitter TikTok. knows this youtube knows this tiktok knows this they know that they can give you a dopamine hit by making you feel good and they 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 have this built into their machines so what would there, happen is- there are tech companies that Offer a service to generate addiction. They'll say, are you building an app? Come to us and we will build an addiction routine into your app for you yeah, to like make your slot users. machines and stuff. They actually mm-hmm. figure out when you pull it down, how long do you want, how addictive, you know, how long do you want to wait until it refreshes? How many times do you need to win? How many dings are you going to get? Right. But what would happen is if, if they freed the code that guy number two would build, set up his own identical addiction machine, identical to Twitter and equally as addictive. But on his thing, he gets to make his own terms of service. He'll say, on mine, you can talk about the CDC, say whatever you want. All these people on Twitter will will try this one and then they'll no, still they, be no, no, they why, won't. Why would they well, move? I mean, they, no one, they're allowed to talk about but the no CDC. One, but like, it's not happening. Okay. Well, they haven't freed the code yet. That's what I'm saying. No, this no, is no, my, no, let dude. me at least state my claim here so you can argue it. You, you say your claim all the time and the I, issue. And Hannah Claire asked me the a question. I want to answer it. So it, then you, you, you make it so you can still see the people on Twitter from the new site. So you're not actually leaving. You're just expanding the process and you're creating, um, a marketplace of the terms of service, essentially, instead of a marketplace of who owns the code. So is it like how a, does that not already exist? 
with, wait, with, with, with Truth Social, with Parler, with Getter, with Gab. They're not interoperable. They don't interoperate with each other yet. And, and why would they? Well, bigger network. That, 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 that has nothing to do with you know, more the diverse code. network. The, effect. The, the, the issue is you cannot make a morally better system. A system that improves like Twitter or Facebook is more addictive and manipulative and power hungry. So I, there's there's no solution. Maybe antitrust. But Twitter is not a, a, a monopoly. Technically, so there are other platforms but it is exist. De facto. It for sure. Exactly. Is. And so there's literally there is no mechanism we have today other than like all of the people of this country agree it's bad. So we we, we pass a law saying ban so, Twitter. So here's my question uh, for Ian. Pro- prohibition. So opening the code, freeing the code. So would this basically provide a window? Because here's what I'm curious about as a in, as a Twitter user. What happened with Alex Berenson? Hmm. Like, can someone explain that? To yeah, me? he wanted to be on Twitter. No, I mean, like, what? Ha- he was banned, and now he's back. How yeah, he did- filed a lawsuit because he wanted to be back on Twitter. He didn't want to go oh. on any other platform. He wanted to be on Twitter. So it was the lawsuit that got him back yes. on. He had settled- his lawyer on last week. He settled no with Twitter. Okay, cool. they settled, and he got his account back. Interesting. So would freeing the code basically do what Alex did and and open the the door? No. Okay. Oh yeah. Well. You could, so Alex, if he got banned off Twitter, he could go on the new version and still see all the people on Twitter from his oh, new version and he wouldn't be banned off the new version. Why so, would their database be, be granted to you? Why would you get access to their database? Because you, you have the API. You'd have that, access. That, that, it, that, that would be, yeah. I mean, that would be the law. That would be what you would have there, to. The, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. It's the reason why I don't like talking about this is that it literally makes no sense. I don't think so. Because the other option is breaking up the company like an antitrust yes. and that doesn't yeah. work well, because they still have the code. They it. can start a new one. What I want to know is, like, who is the person who decided f- to ban Alex Berenson? Like, what was the what was the decision making process there? It is likely the government intervened. We don't know for sure. So that's what I want to know, though. We don't and, know for and, sure. And, 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 I know. and we'd love it if Alex Berenson could, like, you know, tell everybody. And that's why people are really mad at him, because oh. the story goes. And, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth or the mouth of his followers. But what people are saying on Twitter in response to him is that he promised when he got to discovery he would expose what was going on. Instead, he settled with Twitter, got his account back, and then said, sorry. Oh, that's yucky. So people are like, you know, he, he said, in the future, there will be more to, to, to talk about in terms of government involvement and censorship like and things that. like that. We heard from Naomi Wolf. She said that the CDC was going after specifically. She like, was kicked off, right? She's not. Yeah. A, oh, no. And so something. Oh, your, your bracelet. My popped. daughter's bracelet. No. So she was saying that it, it's we, we've seen this before. Uh, Judicial Watch uncovered documents. I believe it was Judicial Watch that Democrats were going to these big tech companies saying ban these people. So so it's it's very at this point, I would say we're, we're at probable cause or beyond. We have actual well, instances of evidence where the government is using third parties to violate people's First Amendment rights, but they're doing it circuitously. So this was the lawsuit that was just filed by a whole bunch of the healthcare people. Or do you, I, don't I, I, I don't know a lot about it, but the, it was the, um, I think it was Jay out in San, in San Francisco, San, San, Stanford, Stanford, Dr. Jay, and I can't say his last name, B. This all new. I'm so glad when people don't know things that I don't know. I'm so spaced out right now. I'm sorry. No, so there, there's a lawsuit that was just filed. And it's funny, I actually just did a radio hit about it. And the host did the worst thing in the world. And he's like, tell me about this. I'm like, I will not. not to talk about it. No, thank you. You have to, you have to do the. And so I kind of like, I muddled through it as best I could. But there was a lawsuit filed by a whole bunch of healthcare people 
about the fact that the CDC and the government worked in conjunction with the social media companies wow. to right. silence them. Which is a violation of the First Amendment. Yeah. The government does not have the right to go to companies and say, ban these people, don't let them speak. Yeah. Now, the issue is, as always, it's cultural. Cultural enforcement is more powerful than law enforcement, and cultural drives are more powerful than any platform could be. You can spin up as many platforms as you want, from Truth Social to Gab to Parler to Getter, etc., etc., and people don't use them. They don't unify on them. And why? Why? Why didn't Alex Berenson just go on Truth Social and talk to those people? Why didn't he just go on Gab and talk to those people? He wanted to be on Twitter. So he sued to be on Twitter. He accepted being on Twitter. And then he didn't give the people what they asked for because being on Twitter was more important to him because people are on Twitter. Yeah, it's the so people. It's not the platform. Can, it's the people. can I correct myself now that I've Googled it? Because I, I, I'm a little bit of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, the person who filed the lawsuit is one of my friends, and I didn't oh. know that. Oh, cool. Oh, oh. hi. Sorry. Surprise. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Who that? Justin Hart. Uh, he's, a, he's a data guy. He's a marketing digital strategist. Um, he filed a federal lawsuit against Facebook and Twitter and Joe Biden and the Surgeon General for violating his First Amendment rights to free speech. Um, he claims that the federal government colluded with social media companies to monitor, flag, suspend, and even delete social media posts that they they claimed contained uh, misinformation. He's being represented by Liberty Justice Center. Um, I'm sorry, Justin. <laughs> I didn't know um, that you were doing that. I, think I, I, really I will. Cool. I will say there have been many circumstances where big tech has been sued, and I am flabbergasted by the weak arguments made in such strong cases. So uh, there's just been a handful that uh, I don't want to call anybody out specifically to impugn their honor, but there have been very, very strong cases where you're like, "Wow, look at the details of this case." Clearly, the government said ban this person. And then when they file a lawsuit, they don't mention anything about like they don't go they don't go after the government. They don't include them as part of the lawsuit. They don't even bring up the strong elements of the case as arguments. They just say something like our contract was breached. And I'm like, what am I missing here? Because I've talked to dozens of lawyers about various issues. And, you know, to put it simply, I'm not a lawyer. I can't speak for why these lawyers have made weak cases that ended up losing or settling or just not accomplishing what they want to accomplish. But then when you talk, when you, when you listen to the lawyers on their shows and you listen, you, you listen to high profile people coming out and explaining what went down, they make it sound like they had a much better case than they presented. And I don't understand why they didn't go for it. I just don't know. I don't know or maybe they just didn't know. I don't know. Inner workings of legal that you'll never know. I don't understand door. why more news outlets haven't filed lawsuits against NewsGuard, for instance. They, they, like so, Breitbart has written articles being like, how dare you, NewsGuard? And it's like, why don't you sue them? Why don't you sue them? Yes, you. exactly. You. I know. Uh-huh. I'm asking you. And we said this last week. So like. I don't watch every video. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you do. I'm saying <laughs> yes, exactly. Because we probably are. Okay. I've, I've been in a dispute with them already. They violated their own standards. They violated their own correction policy. They've accused us of being irresponsible while holding themselves to a lower standard. Stating that we get an 82 out of 100. I, I say that's a statement of fact. That they've rated us on the basis that they are giving a factual analysis, but they are not. They don't follow their own standards or policies. And the reason I take this so seriously, people need to understand this. NewsGuard is used by advertising agencies and big tech to reduce visibility of your content. So if you sit, so we're 82 out of 100. I mean, we're, we're one of the, one of the best, but they arbitrarily gave our website a ding, even though our standards are greater than theirs. Right. USA Today fabricated 23 stories and they say that's fine. 
there's I, I, I want to be careful here because there's some behind the scenes stuff related to serious malfeasance. But I have already issued a demand to them. And it is very, very likely we will be filing a suit. So and I will probably seek crowdfunding to help other organizations that have been defamed by them falsely and smeared in violation of their own standards. And there's a few, a few things people need to know about the elements of, of defamation. Actual malice. Did they know what they published was false? When it comes to opinion statements, this is probably going to be their big defense, that when we call you irresponsible, it's an opinion. We'll get to that. They've also issued several false statements and refused to correct them. For instance, on the, the label for our website, they have they claimed they mischaracterized a post. That's false. They injected words into it. That's very different from a mischaracterization. That's a false statement of their actions defaming us. They accused our content of being fiction, and they did not as per their own policy, which is their standard, admitted that they said we were wrong to say Tim Cast's content is fictional. They did that. Instead, just scrubbed it from the article in violation of their own policies. So I'm I'm particularly pissed off about this. But um, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. I've talked about uh, Wikipedia standards, how they put their own byline in it. I have no standing to go after Wikipedia. You give me standing on any of these platforms, and the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the full extent possible legally. And so there's been a long ongoing conversation with NewsGuard. For instance, they first tried to claim we were fake news because we accurately reported the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop. They tried getting us to editorialize our content. And I said, here's two NewsGuard certified sources confirming the laptop emails are real and verified. And their response was, you know what? This is a little bit murky, so we're gonna we're gonna ignore this issue for now. No, you don't get to send me an email demanding we editorialize our content, and then and then you omit from your own article that you had an error in your own assessments. So I wait when they published it with six errors in right off the bat. I emailed them immediately and demanded retractions, corrections, and they have refused every step of the way to correct. NewsGuard fabricated a quote from me that pissed me off. You know, when it, when it, when it was accusing, uh, Tales from the Inverter World of being fiction, I said that is a false statement. And they changed it, but never explained as per their own policy what they did wrong. They called it a mischaracterization. I challenge that. That is a false statement of fact on their own part. I don't know how that'll work in court, but I'm really, really pissed off about this. Their, their rating system is arbitrary. They have dinged us simply because we are an independent media organization. USA Today fabricated 23 stories and they give them a perfect score. Media Matters gets like an 80 out of 100 and they, and they're a conspiracy crackpot website. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm frustrated because I'm pissed off at these institutions, but I believe we have serious standing and reason to prove that they have, com- there's actual malice. In the, in the insertion of words into a quote, knowing I did not say these things and knowing I never implied them. I'll, I'll give you the, I'll give you exactly what it is because they're trying to argue when, when we put words in your quote, we're implying something. We know you didn't say it. I told them if you require a website to fact check every single quote from every, every politician, that is near impossible. But if that's what you require, from this, we will we will do fact checks on all quotes moving forward. They inserted the words that are false, changing what I was saying. What I was saying was you have you have demanded of us an impossible standard. Oh my god! By adding that those words, they knew they were manipulating my quote. That is mouse, and I want to see what they wrote when they were talking to their editors and lawyers as to why they decided to change the context of what I said. They did not admit, as per their own correction policy, they did that. So I think. 
they outright defamed, libeled me, and won't, and so you have actual malice, yeah. and then reckless disregard for the truth in that they don't abide by their own standards. So in their fact-checking process, they, they three times incorrectly yeah. labeled my job at three different organizations, called our content fake, fiction and fantasy. I'm pissed off about that. And they labeled Cast Castle mundane, which is an opinion statement as per their own standard must be labeled. If they're not going to abide by their own standards, I am going to sue the ever-living out of them. And you know what? If in the end the suit is dismissed, I long for the day NewsGuard files in their federal response why they are allowed to have zero standards for their own for their own journalists, why they're allowed to fabricate quotes, why they're allowed to smear and defame a plethora of independent media organizations, and why they give perfect scores to outlets like CNN and the New York Times who publish fake crap all the time. Anyway, I'm pissed off about it. You can tell. A little bit. I mean, I think a lot of it, your question, your initial question, how you got started in all this was why isn't anyone suing? And I think it's two things. I think that people don't care enough. You're very obviously not one of those people. But I think the other problem is that, and I think we saw it a lot with COVID, people are much more content to go along because they don't want to start things. And so even though they see things that are objectively ridiculous, like putting a cloth mask on a two-year-old baby, people are afraid to speak up because everyone is a coward. And so I think that there is a lot of that. We had uh, Tucker Max on. And he said, power likes to be hidden. You know, I was asking him, because we, we bring this up quite a bit, like, where are all the powerful people to just come out, make powerful statements, buy commercials, put up billboards, and challenge the things we know they're privately complaining about? Where are all the Hollywood celebrities that privately complain about this stuff, but then don't stand up? There's a really great comic where it shows a guy burning a woman at the stake, and he's, he says, Psst, I just want to let you know I completely agree with everything you said. <laughs> That's 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 modern mainstream society, unfortunately. Yes. So I I don't know, man. I imagine sooner or later someone's going to get pissed off enough with me and they're going to try and do something. We've already been swatted nine times. I'm a little nervous about that, actually, speaking of which. Well, we have, we have armed security and things like that. So. I would say one of the other things I think happens is that it's expensive to, to yes. make your legal battles a priority. And I think there are other independent media companies who are probably being treated. I mean, this is particularly... Uh, horrendous uh, treatment of our organization and of course I, I i hesitate to comment on it because i've been with tim cast since the newsroom began i've been here for like a year so this is a lot of my work that's being scrutinized and i am very glad that you're willing to do something about it because i think we do hold ourselves and all of our journalists to an extremely high standard that being said i do know there are small organizations that would love to go to court but have to make the decision can we afford to do this because it can be protracted, especially when you fight larger companies. They can drag it out. I mean, anyone who sued Facebook for anything knows this. Yeah, I think, though, I imagine there's a community of people who are willing to stand up and be involved. James O'Keefe from Project Veritas, they've they've crowdfunded the the, the, the finances required to file a lawsuit, and they're going up against the New York Times. And regardless, this is what people need to understand, too. Winning doesn't mean having a judge bang a gavel and say for the plaintiff. Winning means getting these organizations to admit they're liars and, and they're, and, and they publish fake garbage. So all, you know, look, I, all I want is I, I told NewsGuard right off the bat, how could you deem us irresponsible, but have a lower standard than us? And they just said, too bad, so sad, go cry about it. Something to that effect. We we make our judgments based on the fact that we're looking for you to correct these articles without us coming to you for them. 
And I said, we've corrected substantial articles without you coming to us and telling us to, to correct them. You found five articles that you had questions on, only one of which had a factual inaccuracy, which we corrected right away as per our corrections policy. It's arbitrary. There is no objective standard. And right now, NewsGuard is falsely claiming that we publish mis- misleading information. Why? Because we quoted the president. We quoted Donald Trump in a news story, and they said that that qualifies us for publishing misleading content. So when USA Today or the New York Times quotes Donald Trump, are they not publishing misleading content? The argument is Trump's quotes are misleading, right? Why is it only when we do it? Great. I want them to answer to a judge why it is that the New York Times can publish the exact same thing as us in terms of the reporting and the quotes, and that's responsible. But for us, it's not. It's because I think there may be a motive that is more attuned to causing harm, intentional injury, and monetary damages to small small businesses that might compete with the friends of these organizations and their investors. Yeah. Anybody who tries to create a new media company, anybody who tries to, to report news that falls outside of the official cathedral narrative, for some reason, has a really rough go of it. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you this. In the newsroom, as Hannah Claire can attest to, I've been extremely adamant about abiding by every one of NewsGuard's policies. Because I wanted to see that if we went above and beyond and did everything they deemed to be correct, would they would they honor that? And they did not because they are fake. And now I want them to answer in court if they refuse. So I told them that uh, I've, I've, I've talked to I've, I've already forwarded my, my demands to their general counsel. And you better believe we are going to file a suit. And if in the end they respond and they say it's protected opinion, fine. So be it. They get to explain why their standards are lower than ours, oh. and they get to rate us. Dude, I'm looking at some of NewsGuard's investors right now. One of them is Blue Haven Initiative, which is, according to PitchBook.com, is an impact investor. And if you don't know what those are, you should look into it. Impact investing is specifically social engineering. It's it's from Investopedia.com. Investors who use impact investing as a strategy uh, mis- consider a company's commitment to corporate social responsibility or the sense of duty to positively serve society. So they have an agenda. They're, they're one of their, this is one of their, I don't know if it's a top investor, but it's maybe it's alphabetical, but they, they certainly, if they're impact investing, that is specifically with an agenda to get the company to do something. The funny thing is two of the articles were us just quoting Trump. We were like, Donald Trump says, you know, you know, it's like, that was it. Like Donald Trump came out, he issued a response. And like in response to Joe Biden, Trump says, quote, and they said, you should have included context saying that Trump was wrong. And I said, well, that would be a fact check article. We're just reporting Trump issued a statement. Right. And he was like, well, that's irresponsible because Trump's comments are wrong. And so, you know, this is this, this is what I was getting to with we would have to fact check every single quote. But they didn't tell us to fact check anything Biden said when Biden was wrong. Only Trump. Clearly, what they're actually trying to do is manipulate our editorial guidelines and standards. And so I said, like, are you telling us that in order to be responsible, we have to adhere to your editorial policy? And then they're like, no, 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 we're not saying anything like that, but yes. <laughs> but you only have to fact check Donald Trump. Only and, Donald Trump. And you better do they it. They took no issue with any other quotes. What Blue Haven Initiative wants, otherwise they'll pull their impact investment out of NewsGuard, which is to, you know, what, what Blue Haven uh, Initiative wants is to uh, generate a measurable, beneficial social or environmental impact alongside financial return. Oh, I wonder what their social impact they're trying to acquire. Yep. Let's find out. The institutions are as corrupt as corrupt can be. So people, people, again, you need to understand what their goal here is, is to go to advertising agencies and say, anybody we deem unworthy, do not sell with. 
They are unsafe. And it's happened to a lot of people. So when you get, uh, when, when NewsGuard goes after you, like, unless you're operating in, in, in the parallel economy, which is what a lot of people are trying to do, then you're going to be cut off from financial resources. And that's their, their goal. It is cancel culture on crack, on steroids. So this is one of the most important fronts. Now, I will say this, and I'm, I'm very proud to say this. Uh, MSNBC is officially fake news, according to NewsGuard. So look, I think NewsGuard does some good. I just think they're biased and the machine is broken. We are actually, you know, looking at how we can do a different kind of rating on journalistic ethics. So I think there does need to be some kind of system that says, like, here are things this company has done. The problem is NewsGuard violates their own standards and, and publishes false information and then accuses other people of doing the same thing. That being said, when an organization as broken and biased as this calls MSNBC violating severe journalistic standards, that's still good news. Because when the machine itself is rejecting its own garbage, you can take this from NewsGuard and you can show all your friends and family when they claim MSNBC is real. There you go. At least something, right? Yeah. Good for something. Yeah. Um, this might be an interesting segue to the Barry Weiss thing with Chuck Oh, Schumer. let's pull up the Barry Weiss thing. Yeah, let's talk all about how the uh, corrupt media operates. Daily Mail reports, Barry Weiss reveals New York Times editors wanted to check with Chuck Schumer before running an op-ed by Republican Tim Scott about his police reform bill after George Floyd's murder. What? It's amazing. Tim Scott had a police reform bill and the Democrats said no to it. And the New York Times wanted to check with Chuck Schumer. That's what Barry Weiss says. Former NYT opinion editor Barry Weiss told Senator Tim Scott on Wednesday about an internal discussion around his op-ed. Scott's article was the subject of, of an internal debate, excuse me, Weiss said, and one of the senior editors questioned whether Republicans cared about minority rights. The New York Times denied her account, saying the New York Times opinion never seeks outside approval or consultation, whether to publish guest opinion essays. I'm going to call BS in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Having worked for many of these, you know, organizations, this is the exact kind of stuff you see. Yep. Absolute corruption. Yep. And also, Barry is actually trustworthy. <laughs> yeah, she's been doing pretty well with her Substack. Yeah. Uh, I trust her way more. I think she gets some things wrong, you know, but that's fine. I think she's more trustworthy in her assessments than the New York Times. And she's also just telling a rendition of something she witnessed. <coughs> she's credible. Yeah. She's a credible witness. Um, I, she has no reason to make this up. She's, you know, she's moved on from the New York Times. She's very successful. She's making more money than she did. Uh, well, the reason she could make it up is to get back at them for something. Uh, but why not say it sooner? <sighs> I mean, I don't know. I'm not Barry Weiss. But I think more people should speak out about the stuff sooner rather than later. And she mentioned it was in 2020, but she's been independent for a long time. So yeah. why not say something sooner? Oh, it's, a, it's quite the hat trick. Going to have to have her on the show and ask her about it. It's topical. And I'm not saying that she's lying. I'm just saying that, you know. I wonder, too, I, if I, there's... Sorry to be Oh, no, go for it. The, there's a lot of stuff she could probably say. You can't, you know, you if you publish your memoir the day you leave or, you know, in 2020, stuff is going to get missed. Like, in some ways, I didn't read this article, so I can't say what the context, like, where she brought it up. Um, but you I... Had a conversation with Tim Scott. Right. And I feel like there is a lot of stuff she could tell us about what happened there. If she doled it all at once, I think it would get 
kind of lost the impact would get lost yeah i mean i from from the reporting she was having a conversation with tim scott and she said i i don't know if you know this but there this is what happened and mm-hmm. so i think it was sort of a natural thing i mean it makes me wonder what other stories she has under her hat and i think that there was a lot of i mean she was i think she should have sued the new york times personally because it was you know workplace bullying and and intimidation and everything and um, I think that there was some stuff that happened that in the moment she felt like she was crazy because every everyone was like, well, yes, of course we talked to Chuck Schumer about it. We just wanted to clear it. And she's kind of like, but why do we clear what? things with Chuck Schumer? What? And I think it's, you know, you're, as you exit the cult, she's kind of like, that was really messed up, wasn't it? And she's kind of having that realization and, and sort of unpacking her own experience because I think she was so abused. In you the ever, moment. You ever see uh, Bullworth, that movie? No. You ever see it? Bullworth? No. no? Kevin Cott? No, no, no. That's, uh, no, no, no. what's his name? Warren Beatty. I think it's, it's the, the, the one where uh, the politician, the senator is like super depressed and wants to kill himself. So then he just starts telling the truth and like he doesn't care anymore. But then he like decides he wants to live or whatever. He like goes up on stage at a black church and they're like, why didn't you deliver this bill? And he's like, because we got your vote. We don't care. <laughs> The moment you went and voted for us, we stopped caring about what you thought. And then they were like, what? And then people ended up really liking it. I think that with you know people like Barry Weiss, she's probably sitting on a whole bunch of other stuff. And I'd say like, come on, like, of course she is. That she's not going to talk about because she's probably scared about what will happen if she if he challenges the machine. And I, I mean, if you were in a cult, you participated in the cult, right? So there are there's probably stuff that she's. I could imagine not proud of or not ready to talk about her involvement in, right? And I, you know, I don't necessarily hold that against her. It's a complicated thing to come out of something or to disassociate yourself from an ideology you've been wrapped up in for a long time. But some of her stories, you know, she's in the rooms for a reason. She's involved with the organization. So I yeah, would just... I mean, she was a junior staffer. I mean, I, th- I think that... Um, I, I think it's it's hard to to be in that moment. I mean, she was, she was in that newsroom and everyone around her was just, they, I mean, they wanted to throttle her. And I, I I can't imagine what that feels like to go day after day somewhere where everyone hates you. And one misstep, like you didn't wash your hands after you left the bathroom can be become like a viral Twitter thread of your colleague who's sitting like our distance Mm -hmm. apart from each other. Um, but well, I, don't, I don't know if she's scared of them anymore. I think that she's burned that bridge and she's not looking back. Didn't uh, someone who works with her write that uh, terrible article about Jordan Peterson and enforced monogamy? So you wondered, like, to what degree they were participating and they decided, like, I don't want to do this. I don't I don't uh, necessarily trust a lot of people, especially if it takes them two years to come out and be like, oh, by the way, this like crazy, this really crazy thing happened. It's like that's that's the kind of thing where I'd be like, I want to quit. And in fact, when I worked for Fusion and they started doing this stuff, I tried quitting, but I was under contract. So instead, I just stopped participating in, in, in their in their BS system and then immediately started telling everybody about it, just like screaming it. And uh, they really don't like it. The fact that they would stealth edit articles and told me not to report on The New York Times doing stealth editing because they would get exposed for doing it as well. And I was like, I'm going to tell everybody. Are you nuts? You mean you're violating journalistic standards? You think I'm going to keep that a secret? Bro, I'm a journalist. Like my goal is to inform people, not not be like a, a tribalist for some corporation. You think I care about Fusion's bottom line? Like I'm here to tell people what's going on in the world. So when the president of that company said, we're here to side with the audience in reference to 
how we handle bias and perspective basically said, you know, millennial or said young people are, are progressive. So that's who we're going to side with. We're going to side with them. And when I said, if, if that does that mean that does that mean if there is a fact based news story that would offend our audience, we don't report it. And he says, yeah, I think that's fair. And I immediately told everybody and then he denied it. And I'm like, whatever, man, of course, they're going to deny it. Like these people aren't journalists. They're businessmen who are like, how do we make money? Say what the people want to hear. There are a lot of people working for these organizations who know it. James O'Keefe, the, the, the man is doing the Lord's work when he exposed CNN. And you can see these people saying like, we used to do the news. Now we don't. Those people aren't speaking out. Those people aren't coming out and explaining to everybody they're lying to their faces. But behind the scenes, they're saying in private, it takes a special kind of person to know you are engaged in operating an evil machine that destroys this country, but be like, I need the paycheck. I don't know if that's it. I mean, I think for, I like speaking up for Barry, I like, I'm not going to speak up for the rest of them, but I mean, she, and I had this experience as someone who wrote for Barry for the New York times. She fought really hard to get sanity on the pages and to get different perspectives published in the times that wouldn't have otherwise been there. And I think that she swallowed a lot of stuff for a long time that made her deeply uncomfortable because she felt like it was for the greater good. And I think she got to a point where she realized that is, that is a a calculus that no longer it's not, it's not equaling out anymore. I'm not doing more good inside the machine than outside the machine. I think that that's when she left, but she fought very hard for a while to operate under, you know, behind enemy lines. And I think it just got to the point where she realized, like, it just wasn't tangible anymore. And she wasn't having enough of an impact to justify not just, you know, being part of the machine, but also just the mental health strain that she was under and the assault that she was under by all of her colleagues. But yeah, I, I, I respect her for no, staying as long as she did. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's people at CNN that James O'Keefe exposed. Yeah. They're, like, talking to this hidden camera saying... Look at all the really awful things this company does. And they're still there. And they just, they, they know. That's the craziest thing to me. These people are caught on camera talking about how they know they're involved in malfeasance. But and I think they think it's for the greater good. No, too. no, 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 no. They're, they're telling hidden camera like CNN is destroying everything. Right, I know. And, and we are helping them. And then they're like, but we're going to stay. But I think they think ultimately it is for the greater good because they are but, setting a narrative that how do you, they how, think is important to be how do you, changed. I, 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 I'm, I, no, I'm saying undercover camera exposes. Right, no, they're I, admitting they're doing wrong. Are you saying it's sort of like they're accelerationists? They're like, look, yes. we got to burn it down and we are willing to burn yes. it down in but, this but way. Th- no, like there's one famous guy who's like, like sitting in a chair and he's like, or one of the famous ex- exposés is a guy who's like, we used to go out and report the news, man. Now all we do is just complain about Trump and just try and drive this, 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 this. And he thinks that's a good, but I think they think that's a good thing. But he's complaining about it. And he says he hates being there. I think it's annoying. But ultimately, I think that given the choice between straight news reporting and trashing Trump, they don't. But this is a guy who's saying he wished they did real news reporting. I think he says he, I think he wants to say that. And I think he, but obviously he doesn't actually believe it or he would right, have left. Right. Well, that's, Einstein right. said that's the definition of an insanity is when you keep doing the same thing, <laughs> yes. expecting a different result. And these people that are staying there expecting it, if they really are, they believe it's going to get better by staying there. They're insane. According to Einstein, it's a very general term, but it could be a form of insanity. I don't think that's a pass to do it, but that I, could be an explanation of why. 
I agree with you in that regard that a lot of people say they want things, but they really don't like they, they either don't want it or they actually just don't care enough to pursue going after something. Mm -hmm. So maybe for a lot of these people, they just think, you know, this CNN's culture behind the scenes is to rag on the company for being garbage, but no one really cares. I mean, but also where do they go? Like in their industry? I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, great sort of, all the complaints that you hear about parents of kids in private schools and they complain and they complain and complain. I'm thinking of the sort of the folks that are talking about like the wokeness in, in all these private schools and they stay because it's the pinnacle of achievement. And I think that these people at CNN, this is the pinnacle of professional achievement in their industry. And so where do they go? What do they do? There's no next step. And so they're just sort of stuck in a holding pattern because they care more about their job. Sort that, of. That's my point, though. They care more about their their personal lives than they do about the system they're participating in. Yeah, I mean, not just but I don't think it's just the paycheck. I think it's also their pride. I think it's I think it's a lot of their sort of self-identity and. They would rather it's do probably, that than, you know. It's probably on. why they demoted Taylor Lorenz. The behind-the-scenes uh, scuttlebutt was that longtime staffers were losing their minds, complaining that she was, like, besmirching the organization and she tarnishing really his name. Was. She was. Oh, absolutely. PR for that company. Yeah, and they thought the controversy was going to generate traffic. Or So this is what I, I heard this from someone who, you know, had, like, behind-the-scenes access or something like is that. This, a, this is... At Washington Post. Yeah, okay. That the the longstanding employees of the Washington Post, like the older people, were like, you are destroying the legacy of this company. And that apparently there are people there who thought that Taylor Lorenz was going to generate traffic through, yeah. like, controversy or stuff like that. I'm, I don't want to say any of that's confirmed. It's just rumor mill stuff. I've heard the same rumors. Right. So they're, they're like, they're journalists. Who, and so I, I wonder if the Washington Post was like, these people are going to quit on us and then we have nothing. So we got to do something. And so they know. demoted Taylor Lorenz. And I mean, I think it, I, th- I don't think that's why they, do. I think that they just decided that she was a liability. Yeah, I think she became well, a liability. I mean. She was a liability. People were like, there was a risk to the company. But I don't think it was that it was a risk to the company. I just think that they realized that that's she's, what a liability is. No, no, no. I think that they realized that she has no loyalty and that any, any controversy that she conjures, it's, often going to be at their expense because she doesn't care about the brand. She just cares about herself. And so yeah. I don't think that they were worried that people were going to quit. I think they were worried that they that she was a beast that was about to turn on them. Someone told me that when we put up the billboard in Times Square saying she to- doxed the libs of TikTok, that she immediately went and demanded they file a suit or something and like file a legal thing to get it taken down. And they were like, it's an opinion statement. You right. can't do anything about it. And yeah. she like lost it. And then she went on Twitter and said it was so stupid and laughable. And then I responded with like, I responded to her and I was like, I'm glad you, like, I'm glad you think it's funny. Great. You got to say your thing. I got to say my thing. And then she lost it. She blocked me and started screaming like it's violence or whatever. And I'm like, okay, dude, whatever, man. Someone uh, pointed out to me that TimCast.com has a higher credibility rating than CNN.com. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, that's true. That is in fact true. Look at that. That's kind of funny. CNN's garbage. So imagine what we'd have if other stuff wasn't going on. I get yeah. the the vibe that media companies are like PR companies, like that news organizations have tended towards public relations, like that the news they produce is a form of PR. The news, the medium is the message. And so they're just trying to keep the way they look about presenting the the news palatable for the masses, as opposed to just directly reporting the information. 
And so that's why they have spin doctors and things like that. It's a little concerning. Well, our standards at TimCast.com are extremely rigorous, and we have like conversations over how we how we frame things. Even we don't just fact check; we frame check. Mm-hmm. So we've had a conversation about: do we say pro life or pro choice? We say neither, only in the context of when it like is truly explaining the circumstance. But if someone comes out and says we demand access to abortion, that is pro abortion. We don't need to say anything else. It's not about choices; it's just about whether you're for. Nobody goes to a rally and says like we think people should be able to choose their own meals. Choose their own birth birthdays. Choose, I'm like, okay, choice is a political term. Right. Life is a political term. Are you against abortion or for abortion? Mm-hmm. Of course, the pro-life people agree, and they're like, that's fine. I get it. We're against abortion. The pro-choice people lose their minds. We are not pro-abortion. Stop saying that. And I'm like, dude, we are not going to editorialize this. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and head over to TimCast.com because... We got some stories for you coming up on the After Hours show, man. I'll just tell you, like, Boston Children's Hospital hysterectomies on children? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we'll talk about that because this is this – is, this is, yeah, The way she delivered it, too. I'm looking forward I, to It's that. crazy. She's, like, laughing and smiling. No, it's we'll Joker-level yeah. stuff, man. Anyway, let's read some super chats from, uh, from, from all of y'all. Uh, all of y'all. Oh, here's one. James Eaton says, Static. I really like Static Shock. He's a great superhero. You ever watch that show or read that comic? No. Static Shock. They should do a Warner Brothers movie for Static. That'd be so, that'd be legit. I'd totally watch it. Anyway, I had no idea what he was trying to say. Was he talking to like uh, talking about the the audio? Maybe. Maybe. I like it better that he's just like trying to get your opinion on a superhero comic. Yeah. Really quick. <laughs> All right. Can't uh, Cantankero says Tim, you keep mentioning picnicking at the Battle of Fort Sumter, and you are confusing it with the first Battle of Bull Run, July twenty first, eighteen sixty one, which was the first land battle of the Civil War. Uh, perhaps you are correct. I was reading an article online when they mentioned the picnicking, picnicking, and they may have, um, I may have uh, misinterpreted what they were saying. It was, I was reading a, a historical article and it was like, when the Battle of Fort Sumter, which started out the Civil War or whatever, people were so in disbelief, they were picnicking on the hillside, and it, I may have assumed it was the same, same thing. But, uh, you want to, yeah, well, the first thing I typed, picnic battle of and the thing that first thing that came up was was the first battle of bull run really the picnic battle ah okay well there, there you go thank you for the correction i will make sure to uh, apply it to all of my analogies moving forward <laughs> all right let's see david c says from last night does ian understand that our politicians are like this because they aren't investigated all of them should fear investigation and prosecution um Jeez, I, I mean, there's so many reasons why people in control of the military and the power are doing what they're doing. I, I think maybe part of it is that they feel like as long as they're in that position that they won't be investigated for doing what we've basically asked them to do behind our backs, which is control the military. I mean, the, the amount of bombings and stuff that's going on in the world right now with our eyes blind to it is, is it's, an, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. You, it, you know. um, I, I, we could talk more about that. Too. I was talking about forgiveness. I feel like a lot of this is like the air, like you were saying about Barry Weiss, that maybe she feels guilty about what she had done while she was part of the cult. And like, maybe she said the N word and it's going to come out in 2017 at a meeting and like, just let it go, man. Let all this past crap go so we can focus on right now and the future. All right. Jay says, well, I can't help being nervous. I'm still hopeful. I had to remind myself to breathe, slow down, and reset your thoughts. We will defeat the authoritarians. Right, Ian? 
Uh, that is one way to look at it. Yes, you slow down to speed up. It's like getting traction with a wheel on a road. If it spins too fast, it's not going to go anywhere. All right. A bunch of Super Chats saying that Ian and my mics aren't working. They were working. So the issue was that we turned up Bethany because she was really quiet at first. And then she was picking up Echo from the room. So I muted the purple mic and turned yours down and everything came out. Well, there you go. Yeah, solved it. Beavis McLean says, check out Executive Order 13292, Section 13. Classification authority clearly states authority to classify information may be exercised by the president in performance of executive duties. This includes declassification as well. Love you, Ian Crossland. Oh, love you mm. too. What was that, ex- that executive order number? Do you have that again? 13292, Section 1.3. Hmm. Brandy Green says, Ian, thank you for the tip on differentiating the good Weinstein brothers. Is it Weinstein? Br- Weinstein? Weinsteins, like Einstein. Those are the good guys. Weinstein brothers by rhyming with Einstein. Oh, it's right there. I should have read it. Yeah. Rhyming with Einstein. <laughs> P.S. I'm a S-A-H-M. What is that? Stay-at-home mom. Stay-at-home mom. And watch Timcast and Pop Culture Crisis oh. with my 22-month-old daily. Here's to a based homeschool education. That's awesome. Here, here. I'm a, are there are there babies after school pop culture, culture show? That's amazing. They're going to learn all about Johnny Depp. Oh, oh, from no, no, no. We too. That's awesome. that. Not that, yeah. I had the honor of meeting a, uh, a local politician in West Virginia recently. And we're in discussions about um, I'm going to be helping fund a micro school, which uh, believes in the traditional American values. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do have a Bible study, but I'm told it's optional for parents who just want to get away from the woke stuff. But uh, I dig it. Micro school. So it's going to be really small classrooms. It's basically like the next level up after homeschooling, like private tutors, but in yeah. a bigger setting. So I, mm-hmm. I am, I am uh, absolutely trying to make sure we are putting our money where our mouths are. Through micro-schooling. That's it. It was legit. Like when I heard what they were talking about, the way they want to handle stuff, it's brilliant. Instead of having like grades, you have grade subjects. Mm-hmm. So like your third grade math and seventh grade reading. Mm-hmm. And then they mm-hmm. just work with you where yeah. you. That's, that's what right. we do. I, I homeschool my kids. And that's that's exactly. It's it, so great. It was one of the worst things about the Hope Scholarship issues that West Virginia is having is that it took away a lot of choice that parents had to opt into other education. Um, the Hope Scholarship is like a program in West Virginia that would give money if you decide to pull your kid out of uh, public school and choose an alternative route so you could put it towards all kinds of things and uh, it got rejected by a, a judge in the state and that is a real blow to uh, school choice in my opinion, oh, West yeah, Virginia. Yeah. E. Rodriguez says, I'm catching up on one and a half playback speed and Tim is bordering on a rap god levels of words per minute. God <laughs> yeah. speed, your warriors. That's it. Some like I mentioned it before, like when I'm doing segments on my other channels, I'll be like, I'll have so much going on with work that I'm like, I got to get this done fast. But the segments are, are, are timed, not word count. So I'll start talking really fast and end up turning a 20 minute segment into a double timed 40 minute segment. Cause I will say, dude, I put on one of our shows uh, last week at two, two times speed and was listening to you. And I could, it was so fast, but I could understand every word you were saying. Because of your enunciation. Yeah, you have incredible <laughs> enunciation. I don't think you get enough credit for that. I don't know, do I? It was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it's bit. extremely clear the way you speak about the headlines. Yeah. Mm, yes, you're That's right. That's my, my, my yes, best. Yes, that was a good interpret. Mm-hmm. That was a good, what's the word I'm <laughs> I listen to Impersonation. You Impersonation, yeah, yes. He listens. Oh, no. Delhi says, has the FBI done anything good recently? It's tough. It's tough to tell because they do a lot of stuff in secret. I mean, they did deal with the mob pretty handedly. I, I, um, 
I don't know what they're doing with the cartels. <laughs> I feel like we could say they did this thing right, and then I'd be like Ruby Ridge, and you'd be like, but they did this thing right. I'd be like, Waco, Waco. and then uh, <laughs> Waco did this for a little while. Do you remember Ed and Elaine Brown? I think Luke knew knew these people. They they, they were as 2007. I think they were they weren't paying their income tax, and so they had like a hundred acre property in New Hampshire, and just said nope, and then the feds had to come in. But they were really scared that they were going to get another Waco or Ruby Ridge with like these people. And then they realized, they said that these, these, these tax abolitionist people were letting supporters in. So they just put on plain clothes, came up and knocked on the door and said they were supporters, got let in and then arrested them. And that mm-hmm. was like the end of it. Yeah. I looked at the, uh, the IRS job hiring thing for these new 80,000 <laughs> people. Did you agents. see some of the requirements? They're like, just so you know, you got to be ready to work 50 hours a week, use our weapons against people yeah, if it comes forced. up. We should but pull that, that up. Did you that see that? That was specifically the criminal investigation division of the IRS, which has been around since 1919. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So like if you didn't pay some tax, it really, it looks yes, like a tax mob that they're trying to put so together. So it, this is crazy because I'm seeing so many people mischaracterize what's going on. Like, I don't like the IRS, dude. Like, come on, who does? And I don't think there should be 87,000 new IRS agents, but I'm seeing people be like, Democrats want to hire 87,000 new IRS agents who are authorized to use deadly force. They're building an army. And I'm like, no, they are hiring criminal investigation division because the IRS has a law enforcement section, but they're not hiring 87,000 dudes with guns. Right. They've, they've like, there's images of the IRS police. They have badges. It says police. They wear armor. It says they police. So it's been normalized. Just so everyone knows. <laughs> well, yeah, for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. And what they, what, what they claim to, to particularly to go after is like, if there's, uh, like Al Capone style stuff. Yeah. Mobsters who are doing money laundering schemes and things like that, the IRS sends in the criminal enforcement division to go after them. I think people just didn't know that existed. And so. Now they're it, freaking out. It totally freaks them out. <laughs> Rightly so. All right. What is this? Waffle Sensei says, Tim, are you going to repeat your deleted tweet from today on the after show? Repeat it. Deleted what? tweet. Did you delete which a tweet? One? Repeat, delete. Repeat. Uh, which one? Oh, the one that I had to. I don't know. I don't know what you're referring to. The one that they made me get rid of. Oh. Today? No. When, when they when they locked my account. Do you ever tweet stuff out and then remove it? Only if there's a typo. Yeah. I do that too. Oh, actually, yeah. There's probably been a couple instances like where I make a mistake or something. I was going to post one last night. I just left it on the screen unpublished. And then I went to the sauna or no, it was two nights ago. And I'm like, if I still want to put it up out of the sauna, then I'll put it up. Cause I couldn't decide. Some things don't work in text. You got to say them. Yeah. I just feel like I don't yeah. have the personality for Twitter. I don't know what, what <laughs> you need to be good at it. And I appreciate people who are good, but like, I just feel like I'm not cut out for that world. I'm just, you, you have to be like really, really just brutal. And very pithy. And I feel like I, I, I am good at those things. Yeah. Jeb Reed says, fact, the U.S. has already fallen. Republic is no longer. The cornerstones of this country are shattered. The next phase is mass attacks on, just say, regular people. Insinuating the government will be doing it. Um, there was an article today that referred to the Gadsden flag as far-right extremism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw When that. your own country's history is labeled by the corporate press by the institutions as extremism. It kind of feels like your country is being worn like a skin suit. Uh, you know. Well, there was that New Yorker cover of the Republican House and the Democratic House. Yes. And the Republican House had an American flag. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was a, it was a really... Um, that 
surprisingly insightful and striking cover actually it was and that cover did not get enough attention no it didn't because the left wing house was warm and open well manicured green lawn pride flag black lives matter no american flag yeah it really told on it it told on itself it kind of did yeah i mean we we get so at heroes of liberty we publish books about you know alexander hamilton ronald reagan and we tried to run ads on Twitter about our books in, in the wake of Roe v. Wade. And we were sort of advertising like faith and freedom, whatever. We never said anything about Dobbs, nothing. And Twitter throttled us. Mm. And that, I mean, like Facebook throttled us also right in the very beginning. Like this idea that patriotism <laughs> is somehow political is, I mean, we've been told that directly by these social media companies. Yeah, it's a global technocracy, Jeff. Jeff was who made that last comment, right? I mm. want to make sure. Um, I don't know. Don't be too blackpilled, man. Uh, you know, you got neighbors. Mm. Ryan Hunter says, I think my biggest fear about the future we're, uh, future we're staring down is the idea that a U.S. civil conflict gets to a point where foreign entities like China and or Russia can recognize our breakaways. Huh. Yeah, last yep. night I was like, we do not want to fight each other. If, we, if people start fighting each other, not only if you advocate for that, you've lost the plot. You do not want that. That outside governments will fund people to fight Always. you don't want that crap that's that's how it was in the revolution that's how it was in the civil war i think that's what's happening now i mean i think right. tiktok is that yeah i think that tiktok is fomenting and throwing accelerant on the fires that we already have going mm-hmm. but what will end up happening in a civil war is china's going to go to west coast states and say what do you need to win yes yes that's what we got to avoid is is that kind of thing could you imagine like the year is 2137. Oh, that's and like, too far in advance. The United States of the Chinese Communist Party are like going over history and they were like, when the revolution started, it was thanks to Chinese intervention. And they make movies called like, there's like a new movie called The Patriot. And like a Chinese general lands in California and is like, I will in, help you win. In San Francisco. Yeah, mm-hmm. in San Francisco. It's we used to not have trans-Pacific magnetic trains before we were one country. <laughs> Trans-Pacific United States Maglev. of China. Yeah. All right, all right, let's get some more Super Chats. Akapot says, reappropriate a portion of the FBI's budget to be grants to the state's bureaus of investigation instead. Then we'll see if they can still afford to fund partisanship in their budget. I think the FBI is important. I do. Interstate crime is an issue, and dealing with it is something we need to do. The problem is, I don't feel like anyone has confidence in the institution at this point, so that something's got to change, otherwise... People are just going to get angrier and angrier, and then you'll get crazy stuff like what we saw today, which we definitely do not want. Maybe we could have an FBI agent on the show someday. I think probably. Yeah. Didn't, cool. Well, we didn't. We have some like former. Yeah, we've had some people who are former formerly feds. working in that field. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. There's a lot in this area. Yeah. Mike Rollman says, "Make Dan Bongino head of the FBI." Okay, can we? That would Dan? be fun. Technically, Let's do I it. Think so. Is, yeah, is it he, possible? He has experience in that field. Jim know. Comey can do it. Who? who? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the sky's the limit. Right, Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> I could do John it. Kirsten says there's no need for the FBI when they serve practically the same function as the U.S. Marshals. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, I hear that. But do the Marshals do the investigatory yeah, work and things that like that? Yeah, that's question, yeah. They do? Or? I don't think they do. Yeah. I think they just do arrests. Yeah. I like watching those old westerns where the Marshal would go out to collect a bounty or mm-hmm. something like that. Those are fun. Just watched a little Young Guns last night. There you go. Matthew Jamieson says the CIA was doing MK Ultra by fines paid to citizens of Canada. Klaus Schwab's assistant says humans are hackable. Would the gov, would the gov to do this? 
Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Waffle Sensei says, hey, bro, can I get an update on the album? I need some sick beats to kick at work. Oh. You know, I don't think we're doing an album. I think we're doing an album, but we're just releasing the singles. Because we talked about it and like, it's not really the way they, no one, no one really does it anymore where they just put out an album. And so we've got a song planned for release in 10 days. 10 days, bro. That's crazy. I'm so excited. Mazel I heard tough. you playing a couple songs earlier. I was singing along with them. Dude, I'm really stoked on, uh, the, the, you, people are going to be confused by whatever this band is. No one's going to be able to define it. Yeah. It was like, there's this one song that I really like, A Million to One. It's like, uh, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. But it's kind of like the Foo Fighters. That's I, how I think I it's way describe. too simple to be described like that. Yeah, like it's like got that like uplifting, like kind of vague, inspirational feel. Like don't stop believing. That's what I got. Poppy. It's real poppy. We've got one song that's like discordant electro with guitar and like electric drums that has like weird voice modulation. It's a really trippy song. And then like the first song we're putting out is very just like pop, like with like rock in the end. I don't know. It's just all over the place. Because I don't like bands where it's like they write one song and then copy it seven times yeah. and then release an album. Yeah, well, I like it when you're like, that's the same band? What? That's what I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. People are going to be like, they're, the, the first they're going to say, there's no way that's Tim singing. Then they're going to say, is this, this, is this still Tim? Because it's like, it's all very different. Like, is that Tim? And it'll be me. Be like, what the? <laughs> that's the funny thing. Like, we have a song out already called Will of the People and like, Half the comments are like, is this really Tim singing? It's like, we used to play it. You can Google it. You can just like watch me sing on the show. Yeah, Friday nights. Not that I was singing very well back then because it's like you can't record 16 hours a day, you know, work 16 hours a day and then try and sing at the, la- at the end of it. But Waffle, uh, uh, Eric Miller says, I watched your bit about Monsters, Inc. Is it just me or is it a mockery of mainstream media, i.e. scared children as frightened viewers? That's actually a fair point. Yeah. We were talking, uh, uh, Mary said that isn't Monsters Inc. like adrenochrome? Like scaring the kids and then yeah. using that to fuel their machines or whatever? Actually, it's a really good point about the media freaking out and, sh- and screaming in people's faces to get them all scared so they can power their machines. There you go, man. What a creepy world that we live in. But adrenochrome, for the record, is uh, oxidized adrenaline, if anyone's oh. wondering. Yeah. And people believe really weird things about it for some reason. Yeah. Matt Burkhart says, please keep Hannah Claire as a full-time member of the show. She is yes. definitely my favorite. She rocks. After Tim, of course. Well, you know. We had to hey, they didn't say that, so did it? Yes, it does. It does say that. <laughs> you heard it from them first. You're great right. on this show. I love your information. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it was always weird because I would watch the show downstairs and be like, I don't even think I could talk this much. I couldn't talk for this long. <laughs> she, but, no, yeah. she was down there like, I could talk better than all of them. <laughs> well, I practice my enunciations. So yes. <laughs> Unique New no, York. I, I'm so grateful to be here. It's, it's been fun. Yeah. How now, brown cow? <laughs> Cubicle Investor says, Ian, last night you said government-level crimes should be pardoned. What message does that send minorities doing time for far less egregious crimes? I'm open to... Oh, is it come that would just further solidify class issues. Yeah, I'm open to a, a mass pardon. And I don't know. I don't think it should have to stop at any one spot. I, I think really? just... What's that? You would you would pardon everybody? Well, I don't know if everybody's the right word, but I'm talking like 150 years of nonsense. We've, no, been, at right. it, we've been at each other's throats for... Anarchy. Yes. Everyone's like, But I don't advocate no. for like turning the other way for... Ongoing crime or for future crime? I'm not talking about that. Not, just and what say, about violent crime? Yeah, Rapes violent crimes kind of off the table. I don't. I'm not really into pardoning violence. Okay. Because um, I I just feel like that's a good when you when you give that spiel you should you should, you should include, include that. You're gonna be like let Pardon everyone out. Let's, let's let criminals. the murderers but go. But like when someone orders a drone strike, is that a nonviolent crime? Mm. Mm. So here's another question. What about 
a, a dealer who knowingly was distributing fentanyl laced drugs and that getting kids people. hooked on them that died. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is that violence? Would you pardon them? Because drug. I mean, I. Mm. Well, let's think about it. I can't do this alone. It's it's got a, a long conversation. We should have. Yeah. All right, Powder PZ says my dog killed one of my chickens today. Rest in peace, drumstick. Oh, you will drumstick be missed, stick. little chicky chew. No. Uh, if you watch Chicken City, we're talking about who we're going to eat first. Oh no! Oh. Yeah, so I think the, we should start naming them things vote. like that, like your chicken tenders. Yeah, <laughs> people do that. Drumstick <laughs> and tenderloin. Why don't you put it to a vote? Yeah. I feel like it would be Hunger Games, but chicken style. Yeah. We're not going to eat any that have names. But we, okay. but like seventy percent have no names. What if you just like take mugshots of them and then just put it up for a vote? I think we should actually uh, criminally charge them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Roberto, for instance, he was sent to we call it Cocktown. There's eighteen roosters there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Now, what most of the people out here do is they say, "You let nature have them." Like, you just let them do their thing, go off, and then maybe a fox will eat them or something. Right. But uh, some of the people here did not find that appealing. And I'm like, well, if we don't let them go, we're going to eat them. But, you know, roosters are tough. They're like rubbery. You got to you gotta slow cook them and get it going if you want to, you know, get it right. But um, Roberto, he abused one of the uh, did. one of the hens. He's terrible. Dorothy. Terrible. Yeah. Dorothy. And uh, so... Initially, we had to lock Dorothy away because she was getting, hurt. you know, yeah. getting Protective hurt. Custody. And then people complained and said, "Why are you, why are you punishing the victim?" And I said, "Good point." Roberto has been sentenced to his cr- for, for his crimes, and he has been sent to a penal colony. Banished. You banished him. Yes. Banished. <laughs> He's so. It, it's funny because we have um, three really big black star roosters, which are bullies, and so we we have a chicken, we have a coop, and then in it are all the smaller roosters, and then Roberto's in charge because he was the biggest and oldest. But the three Black Star boys were just, they would gang up and spin around them. So we have them with an electrified fence outside the coop, and it looks like they're prison guards. <laughs> actually kind of funny. That's really and funny. And they jump on top of it, and they, they crap all over the place. One it. of them apparently jumped out and tried getting away, but we were like, you just let them <laughs> I mean, go. Go ahead. We're not going to execute You want to go to nature. I mean, how could you stop them, right? Yeah, yeah. But we can have mock trials for the ones we're going to eat. Oh my gosh. Them. Maybe <laughs> we can walk in and be like, come here, everybody, come here. And the one that doesn't come is the one that gets eaten. So we get to keep the, the personable ones. That's harsh. Oh, JMK says, Joe Rogan said on his podcast today that he thought Tim oh, Pool was yeah. crazy for thinking a civil war was coming. And now he believes Tim may be right. I listened to that. Did he really? Don't know. Because I, because I, yeah, well, I should, someone, uh, can someone tweet that to you? Would you, would you be able to see it? Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah tag yeah, me in it or something. Yeah. Tag Ian at Ian Crossland right on Twitter. Yeah. Tag Ian if you saw that clip, because um, I got to tell you, in, it was 2019, I think, when I went on Rogan with with Twitter, and I said at the end of it that if Twitter kept doing what they were going, what they were doing with censorship, it was going to lead to like civil chaos or conflict or something. And I was like, that's why I'm building a van. I can build in a van with all this equipment in it and like solar power, because yo, I'm I'm looking at what's going on. And you know, honestly, I knew people would think that was crazy that I would say something like that. I'm gonna build a van and go live down by the river. They're gonna be like, this dude's <laughs> off his rocker. And I wasn't, I, look, I just say, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you look at where we are now. And if you don't think we are in the midst of historical tumult, then you are a frog boiling in a pot. Can you, when did you say that? 2019? In 2018, I said a civil war was coming. On 2019, I was on Rogan when I said, if if Twitter keeps doing this. It doesn't seem so crazy after 2020 Mm -mm. when there was armed guards outside Costco and I had to buy freaking diapers. Like, right. 
And then we had a formula shortage the next year. I think that our trust in the stability of our civilization is sufficiently rocked by everything we saw in 2020 that I don't think people would think you were crazy saying that now. I think the writing's been on the walls for some people who pay a lot of attention to news and cultural shifts for a long time, but people don't want to hear it because they can't conceptualize what a civil war would look like. That's like even now with everything that's going on with, you know, a recent attack on an FBI building, there's this question of like, is it, is it starting? Is this it? Is, is this, is this what we've been talking about? Yeah. I said before the show, Oh, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna joke that my contractor thinks I'm crazy because I have a nice stockpile of food and diapers. Good. Before the show, I was like, "No, Tim, I don't think it's civil war." And he was like, "Civil," and I was like, "You know what? This is semantic. It, it doesn't matter what we call it. We're all aware of what's this this chaos. Whether or not it's, I think it's global. I think for sure yeah, that's un- so. indis- undisputable at this point that yeah. there's global corporate. But it really doesn't matter how you term the thing. The chaos is real. The chaos is apparent. I believe." Man, Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says Roberto Jr. is the second best junior. So we got Roberto Jr. on this billboard in Times Square advertising Chicken City. And my favorite comment was Roberto Jr. is sitting atop a throne he did not create because Roberto was the boss for a while. But the thing is, Roberto's mean. Roberto's a a, a pretty mean guy. And uh, Roberto Jr. is really nice. Like when you walk in, Roberto would like come at you. But Roberto Jr. would just like look at you and he like does his thing and then he flaps his wings and walks around. But it's probably because we raised Roberto Jr. from when he hatched. Right. And, you know, and then Roberto we bought. Roberto's before. like a great warrior with low intelligence as a leader. Like you don't really want that guy as your leader. He, but he was the first one. It was like Alexander the Great's father. Uh, what was his name? The, the first Macedonian? Something of Macedon. Philip, I love how Philip. he looks around. We're like Philip yeah, of Ma- Someone knows. You'll get this from one Philip of, us. of Macedon. He was. I mean, he was also extremely intelligent, charismatic, but not like Alex. I think part of it is like Roberto had a different set of circumstances. He had to kind of uh, make his way through life. It was a much harder time, and now you know he has given his son this kingdom to rule, and it's you know it requires a different set of skills. He's doing a good job, actually. Roberto Junior is a good dude. Yeah, he makes good music. Matt Giese says, you guys, rem- uh, you guys remember when Alec Baldwin shot someone? Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> Yo, if someone's going to play James Comey in a movie, it's Alec Baldwin. Because no, last time I watched a video, let him they look so... in movies at all, you know? Oh, that's true. I feel like, you shoot someone on set. Yeah, I don't of... know that we like bring you back on, right? Maybe? Yeah, that's a good point. He needs 10 years off. I mean, the insurance premiums alone, I feel like. Oh, my gosh. Mike, the dad Crosby says, oh, on Twitter, it appears Trump stole the nuclear codes. I hope they can change them now. And since it's too easy to guess, 4321. <laughs> Is that Password. what you're saying on Twitter? I, I think he stole some aliens information. I, I, I think, I mean, they're out there. I think he stole the information. Wow. You think he's talking, he's told information about talking plasma? This where they triangulate lasers and hit a point in the sky or it shows up on radar and they think it's a craft, but they just move around a dot. I feel like I just set off the Ian bat signal. <laughs> Let's talk about aliens. <laughs> you show your true oh, color. I said the other night Zeta Reticuli wasn't real. That I kind of misinterpreted what I was thinking. It wasn't. It, aliens didn't really come from Zeta Reticuli. That's just what they told Literally Bob Literally 959. Oh, okay. It is You real. did this. <laughs> All right. Sparky like, says, sorry. Tim, don't you realize the feds are swatting you? Why would I realize that? Why would the feds be swatting me? You know, I just, I don't understand this kind of like conspiracy logic, I guess. What would be gained by swatting me when it has zero impact on us? We had a credible threat, which uh, did cause an evacuation, but 
That was the night 40, after I was here last. Yeah, 40,000 people watched, and then Jeremy Hambly gave us a bunch of money. And so I was like, I know, it kind of sucks, but you make the best of it. We learned that Chaircast was a viable option for the business. And also, I need to stress that um, the properties that are being targeted are known specifically to a group of people that we're aware of. And so evidence does not indicate there is the feds coming after us, to put it simply. I can't give out too much information, but let me just say there's something called coloring the water, where you have three cups on a table. And there's a pool of water under all of them. How do you figure out which cup is leaking? You put red in one, green in one, and blue in the other. And whatever color the water on the table turns, you know where the leak is in the cup. To put it simply, the people who are coming to swattings have made a series of errors in thinking that traps were not set. So we'll see what happens. But um, at this point, considering what I know of the investigation, I can say that much because the deeds have already been done and the, we've already ensnared enough information, we think. So we'll see how it goes. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. Let's grab uh, let's grab a couple more. What do we got here? We'll grab one more. Tyler W says to the gulag with you, Roberto. I banish you. You know I'm worried about Roberto. You know I, I don't I don't want any harm to befall him. He's one of the original cast members of Chicken City, but we just can't have a dad banging his daughters. Mm. Yeah, that was the problem. He went too far. Well, that's what they do. Chickens, you know. So now we have. Uh, it's funny we have. Um, his son, Isaac, who uh, is a, a Brahma Red Island Red Mix, and he's massive. He's huge. He's going to be so big. Brahma Brahmas are so big. And so he's already, you know, he jumped on a hen today, and the other hens ran up and started pecking him to stop him. They were like, get out of here. Like, you're, oh, you're, yeah. Good. Second wave feminism. Second wave feminism. <laughs> the chickens. Our, yes. <laughs> All right, everybody, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and become a member at TimCast.com. We're going to have that uncensored episode coming up in about an hour or so. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me at TimCast. Bethany, do you want to shout anything out? Yeah, Bethany Shondark on Twitter and Instagram and HeroesofLiberty.com for your children's book needs and wow. Deseret.com for my other thoughts. We should get some of those books for the school I was talking about. I was actually going to try to plug that, but I thought Absolutely. that would. Yeah, I would no, love that. yeah. Right on. Cool. I'm Hannah Claire. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. It's a very cool news site. I recommend you check it daily. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at HannahClaire.b. I was on today's episode of Pop Culture Crisis. So if you go to YouTube, you can check that out. And you might see me a lot there next week. Hi right, guys, Ian Crossland. You know, it's easy to get things wrong when you talk a lot as your job in public. So if you ever say anything that's factually inaccurate, please tweet it at me um, and hit my app, Ian Crossland, on Twitter or on Minds so that I can uh, attempt to correct the error on air live, I, like what I did about Zeta Reticuli earlier. Happy to be here. Always happy for the opportunity. Bethany, great to see you again. Cool. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight with Bethany. We always have a great time. I'm loving the presence of more ladies. I feel like this is definitely a trend I can get behind. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Minds.com at SarahPatchLitz as well as SarahPatchLitz.me. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.